Hello and welcome back to episode 19 of The Ripper, The Teller and The Gremlin. 19 guys, Get, getting close to 20. Yeah. Yeah. Like, could it's crazy do... to think we actually started this 19 weeks ago. Yeah, I know. It's so it? weird, isn't it? Yeah. Nearly five months. Is that right? Have I done, have I done the quick maths right? Oh, you asked the wrong person. Bradley, you're smart. <laughs> I am, but I'm just slow at things. <laughs> So this is um, four weeks in a month, times that by yeah, five, yeah. 20. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that should be yeah right. that's right. Yeah, if no, any of the listeners right. are like, well, you guys are, are dumb. Well, mathematicians. <laughs> maybe, yeah. but I'm pretty sure that's on point. Um, but we'll, <laughs> we'll just go straight into the nitty gritty this week. No fancy intros for us. Just straight onto our news. Never is. Never, never is any fancy There's, there's occasionally a little, occasionally <laughs> a little intro. Stuff, yeah. Yeah. Um, but but this week I wanted to start with my news pieces and uh, bizarrely, I, I, as I usually do, I, I did them all out for, for, for my days and two of the news pieces I've chosen are actually headlines from today, mm-hmm. oh, nice. which is very unusual because usually I'm like, you know, I do Set it all for beforehand. before yeah, and yeah, sure. but, uh, these both came out today and I was like, well, I'm going to have to talk about them now, aren't I? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like there's no choice. So this is um, brand new news. Yeah, from today. Uh, I mean, you know, by the time we upload tomorrow, yeah, it won't say. be fresh. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so the first bit I wanted to talk about is we got a trailer drop for Total War Warhammer 2, The Twisted and The Twilights. Mm. And mm. if anyone if anyone listens to this podcast, they'll know I'm a big, big Total War fan and a big, big Warhammer fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've talked about how much money I've sunk into this game before. It's, it's, it's an awesome game but it, you know hefty price tag um but they've just released a trailer today for the newest dlc pack and i just their trailers are just amazing they're just <laughs> so good even if you have like no interest in this game like just type in total warhammer 2 the twisted and the twilight just watch the trailer for the animation alone like mm. and it makes you go as well because the the trailer uses the in-game engine Right. And I'm just like, oh, like the models, I mean, obviously, admittedly, they adjust the lighting and they make it more dramatic. Yeah. But it, they are pretty much exactly the way they look in game, those models, if you're on the highest settings. And they're beautiful. They're so cool. Like when the dragon lands down and that whole cinematic, it's awesome. It's got like Stranger Things vibes going on with the music and mm-hmm. it's basically just as as Jack knows the hordes of rat men. Did did either of you see it? I didn't actually. I was um, didn't. I, I was oh, manic today, so I didn't get a chance to look at it. Did you Manage get a chance? Ah, oh, no. bad times. Have a look after the podcast because it's it's yeah. really cool. Um, but Jack would know about the ravenous uh, hordes of rat men. Of rat men yeah, <laughs> and uh, obviously that's one half of the DLC, and the other half of the DLC is the Wood Elves. Um, and it's really fun. It's two new legendary lords, so so two new starting, you know, peak characters in different locations for those factions. Mm-hmm. Um, the Wood Elves get great stag knights, which are monstrous cavalry, but they're giant stags. And the description says that they bulldoze through enemy front lines. And I was like, oh, oh okay. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and then they also get a things called zotes, which are basically giant um toad men uh mm. who have giant clubs and they look really 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 cool um and they get loads of new stuff um 
and the, the Skaven get a guy called Gorich, who's basically a Skaven space marine. Okay. Like you look at him and you're like, well, it's, it's, and it's ridiculous because you're like, it's going to be, it's going to be so, he's going to be so broken at launch. I can just feel it. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not like looking at it. I'm like, this is literally, this is a fantasy setting. And you're basically, you've made a giant rat space marine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's essentially what he is. Um, but no, both factions get some really unique and cool stuff. Uh, I always say these Lord packs are really good value for money. It's seven pounds currently, and you get uh, eight new units, um, two new legendary Lords, two legendary heroes. Um, there's a huge free LC um, Wood Elf Captain and a Skaven Captain, as well as the Wood Elves are getting a complete faction rework. So the way they play is getting completely overhauled. So if you own Wood Elves without this DLC, you still get that rework mm-hmm. oh, for cool. free. Um, nice. So massively beneficial. And also for players who, like me, own the Wood Elf DLC and buy this, will also get an additional free Wood Elf Legendary Lord to say, Ooh. hey, thanks for supporting us with both of this content. Here's another new character and a new start location with our own mechanics and own sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're really good. They're literally every DLC, they release what is the FLC that comes with it. So like, this is what you get if you pay for it, but this is what you get like just with the update, even if you don't give us any money. And I, yeah. I really love that. They're really consumer friendly on that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as, you know, it is expensive. There's a lot of DLC now. There's a lot to pump into it. But you're supporting these developers because there's so much content in the Warhammer universe. Sometimes you see comments of people going, I should just pay 60 bucks and I should have everything from the get-go. Yeah. But I'm sorry. If you look at Warhammer lore, the amount of work for unique models, unique animations, unique stuff, I think it's absurd to expect that at sixty dollars, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I as much as if it's a greedy company who's exploiting a game, I will always point it out. But I generally feel like they are really passionate about it. It's it's seven it's seven pounds. Like it's a huge. It's like you could easily spend sixty hours or more on both factions for seven pounds. Like yeah. that's yeah. A, that's insane value for money. Whereas you can like buy a skin for seven pounds in cod war zone you know <laughs> like that's the that's the yeah. comparison that pops into my brain where i'm like i don't understand the the hate in that respect um but yeah i mean it's it comes out december 3rd and uh, i'm just so excited for it if and i say before if you love your strategy games if you love this game pick it up um if not just go watch the trailer it's it's a feast for the eyes and it's just really cool um mm-hmm. yeah so so that was the little the little drop about total war warhammer <laughs> i'll uh i'll move away from that and move on to my movie news this week so these were two bits that i found really fascinating so the first bit was from today and we got confirmation i don't know if you saw this about what they're going to do with wonder woman mm-hmm. i did see this yeah yeah i haven't this you is haven't. new for me new no for oh great yeah, so basically what they've said is it is going to come out in cinemas in December, but it's also going to go straight to HBO Max at the same time um, okay. for free. For anyone who owns HBO Max, you just get it. Nice. The right um, way. Yeah, yeah. 
and it was hilarious because they fr- they basically threw shade at Disney because <laughs> uh, they they pretty much said, "Look, we want you to experience this thing in the cinema. It's the way we made it. It's where it's intended to be viewed." But they mm-hmm. said, "But we understand that not everywhere the cinemas are open, and not everywhere can safely go to their cinemas." So they said, so if you have a pre-existing or you get a HBO Max service, you can watch it for free on our service and you don't have to pay us an extra penny, just the membership. And that felt like such a jab at Disney yeah, where, they're like, where, they're, where they're like... They're right though. Yeah, where they're like, pay £10 for, for your Disney Plus and then give us £30 for Mulan. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I feel like this is also put a bit of a knife in Disney because now Disney are going to look even worse if they put Black Widow on Disney Plus for 30, 30 bucks and 20, 20 pounds. Because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, they gave you yeah. Wonder Woman for free. Disney are making you... Because, yeah, it's, it's a nasty little, uh, little turn there, I think, for Disney. What, what do you <laughs> sort of... Um, you guys sort of think on that, that sort of stance? I mean... Yeah, it's to do it for free aside from the membership is obviously a, a massive one up on what Disney did. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think, I, I think it's a, a, the right move to make because um, mm. obviously you will just get people as well who do just get a membership for that, even if they don't currently yeah. have one. Um, so it's still going to make money um, for HBO as well. Um, I, I like it. I, I think it's a good idea. Yeah, same. I agree. You, a lot of people have said that they're slightly worried. This is like a bit of the um, sign for the death of the film industry, though, where we're mm. going to see maybe a shift to films going straight to streaming platforms. Yeah, potentially. But that was always kind of looking at it. I don't think this is signing it, but um, yeah, it is going that way anyway, purely yeah. because of the state of the world. I mean, um, which I, I don't necessarily think that's an awful thing. No. Um, but yeah. That, you know, I, I I don't think that there will ever be a point, unless we can never, you know, recover from this, that there will be a point <laughs> where cinemas never reopen. Yeah, I think course. I think there'll just be someone who wants to start up that again, because it's just such a, a cornerstone of, like, our culture of, like, going to the cinema. Yeah. I know, so, especially for me. I, 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 think it's huge, I, I think it's huge with Brits. Like, but, Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, here in the West, it's like... A but big thing, but I'm not, I'm not sure if it's had a, a huge because if you look at where when when the cinemas did reopen, the only place that wasn't coming out and supporting new movies was America, like that was where they were losing all their revenue. Like we came mm. out, we saw Tenant, like, like India, a lot of these countries all came out and and saw the movies. Mm-hmm. It was um, it was America who who you know either the theaters weren't open or just people weren't going out. Um, yeah. So, and that's the problem is the American market is so big that you still need that. I mean, as, as much as we're great, we don't pull into, we all go to the cinemas. We just don't pull in much money, you know, uh, yeah. comparison, <laughs> um, which is quite funny. I always think though they, they do like to release movies like here first a lot of the time, like Marvel does. It's always like we get it early and I'm like, yes, <laughs> result. Timed exclusivity. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I don't know why it is. I guess it's just because they do, like, they don't make a, a killing, but they make a lot of money in this country because obviously mm-hmm. it's just our population that means they can't make uh, an insane amount, right? Yeah. But you think when a Marvel movie comes out, who doesn't really go and see it? Very few people. Like, yeah. like Endgame, 
I was like, everyone I spoke to was talking about it. Like it was mad. Mm-hmm. Walk down the street and just go Thanos and everyone would be like, huh, he a bad man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was that sort of vibe. Um, but yeah, so, so that was the, the bits of news we got on Wonder Woman and we'll, we'll keep an eye on the future of how this is adapting and, and where it looks like cinema and streaming services are sort of going to, going to fight over these titles going forwards, you know? Yeah. Um, and the last little bit of news I wanted to talk about this week, which will probably surprise neither Jack or Bradley. I wanted to talk about George Lucas's original sequel draft. Mm-hmm. Never would have guessed. No, <laughs> never would have put that one together. <laughs> Not that that was my longest page <laughs> worth of information. I, I, I'm going to try and summarize it as best I can <laughs> uh, and, and chime in as I give you the little bullet points. Um, but I, I actually, as much as I I've spoke about it before, I don't hate the sequel trilogy. There's stuff in it I like. I just think it was a missed opportunity to yeah. to do something new and to, and it feels a bit half-assed in some places to me. But I'll I'll give you a quick rundown on his version. So the few little bits that George revealed um, is that his trilogy would have uh, seen the return of Darth Maul as a Sidious type character. So he would have come back as the evil overlord of the sequel trilogy as a really old Darth Maul. Okay. What do you think of that? That's cool. I like that. I really yeah. like that. I really like Darth Maul as well. Like the character yeah, in general. Especially like in the from Clone, the Clone Wars. Wars. Yeah. yeah. He's also in the Clone Wars. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> his character I've... gets taken to a whole new level. Yeah, yeah, I, I was going to say, I don't have as much for him. It's, a, it's such a shame that they didn't get to do that with the films because, like, the dimension they take him to in the Clone Wars is just makes you like that cat, like his character. He's so, so much good. More. He's so yeah. good. Um, and they said his apprentice would have been Darth Talon. So she's a Twi'lek with um, red skin and dark markings. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is uh, vindictive and evil. She's a character from the EU, from the comic books. Um, And they said she would have very much taken on like the Darth Vader role, but it would have been, she would have been the main antagonist really, but um, she would have been more vindictive and she would have leaned into her sexuality in a way that sort of like, she wouldn't be afraid to play the victim and then like lash out of a lightsaber type thing. Yeah. And I really like that. I think that's something different. Different. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, she's she's a really cool character, and aesthetically, she fits really well with Darth Maul. Like I could see her as his apprentice, you know. Yeah, sure. Um, which is cool. And this is something that I I really liked. They said that Darth Maul would have become like the Godfather of crime in the trilogy. <laughs> that's really cool. So basically, he would have filled the power vacuum that's left by the Empire with his own brand of multi-system pirates and crime families. That's awesome. And I think that's so much cooler than the Empire, than the First Order, who's just yeah. like some Empire leftovers who'd get really powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. who'd just get really powerful, yeah. Yeah, because mm. he's like, he's, he's grabbed like the huts, he's grabbed all these criminal elements, and he's like, the Empire's gone, we're yeah. gonna, you're gonna work for me, and we're gonna build our own like thing, our own alliance of like yeah. bad hive of scum and villainy, you know, but mm-hmm. in multiple sectors. And I just really like it's so different to to, to what we'd had before. Um, 
I don't know if you if you guys like that or if you guys think you prefer the idea that they did in the, the sequels. No, I, I think that's really cool. I think that would have given a whole new dynamic to uh, those films. I think that would have been really interesting to see like all the like the crime underworld and like seeing it grow and be like this huge thing with you know like even things like you know like bounty hunters and things like mm. that. I think that could have been yeah, awesome. yeah, he could have recruited recruited the Mandalorians again. Yeah, into his little evil empire, and they would have been like his elite, like shock troops. Obviously, this is conjecture from us, yeah, but yeah. going off of what he'd done in the past and the fact that mm-hmm. Mandalorians are bounty hunters, they fall into that mm-hmm. sort of criminal element. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so uh, and he said one of the sequel movie's biggest focuses would have been on Leia and Luke. So he said right. Leia would have been busy trying to rebuild the galaxy into a republic, like they are in in the prequels. Mm-hmm. And Luke is busy trying to resurrect and rebuild the Jedi Order. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which, which is cool. I love that. I love that yeah. idea. That was something I so badly wanted to see in the sequels, was mm. Luke building the Order and being a, a master. I mean, we not, sort of Not saw just chilling him. on a rock. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he, he trained someone, but it, he wasn't yeah. this old grandmaster that, that no. many people yeah. had envisioned, you know? No. That people wanted. Um, and you know, I, I get there is something to be said for what they did with his character. I know a lot of people like it, and there's nothing wrong with liking it. It is an interesting arc. It's just, you know, I'd so much have preferred to see him at the head of a new order that has different rules than the prequel Jedi's. You know? Yeah. Um, and then he said that it was really interesting because he said the act of bringing the universe back into a universal republic would be quote. Harder than starting a rebellion or fighting a war. And mm. I find that really interesting, that this idea of her... But I can also see why Disney moved away from this, because that hints that George wanted to make Star Wars quite political again. Political, yeah. Yeah, which I don't mind. I always found the Republic quite interesting. But I know a lot of people hate the politics. Hate it, records. yeah, hate the politics, yeah. Um, but I think it serves a purpose as well to to the story, and that that Definitely. without without the politics in in the sequels we do have, it feels yeah. very disjointed, and you never get a sense of where the galaxy's at or what's no. going on, how powerful anyone is. Like it all feels a bit disjointed in my mind. Yeah, that's why I love the Clone Wars as well because the Clone Wars is quite like that. I mean, it's not yeah. quite, maybe not quite as serious. And, and, as, it, um, and it jumps into different systems and you see yeah. different planets. And yeah, but even, like, I felt like I learned more about the universe and like all the different galaxies and everything and like the different places. I feel like I learned so much more about them watching the Clone Wars than I did with the films. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Like, I think I that's fair. So they tell it in a really interesting way as well. So it yeah. doesn't become dull politics, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and especially where the war goes to different planets. Um, yeah. And you see the different cultures and there's even like um, the arc where they go to Umbara, uh, yeah. where they fight the, they actually fight Bradley, a group of aliens instead of droids. Yeah. Okay. And it's quite brutal. And like, bearing in mind, these are like real people. Like you see like an arc trooper at one point, throw one over his shoulder, break his glass face mask and shoot him point blank in the face. Like it sort of, it sort of cuts up to the arc, so because it's a kids' show, so you don't see it. Mm. But you, but yeah. it's very clear what he's just done, mm-hmm. and that for me is is a very. It's like six episodes, and it's literally called the Umbara arc, and they're on this yeah. planet that's Eternal Night, 
and they're fighting not the droids, the Umbarans, and it's just the clones versus the Umbarans. And it's literally when they made it, they said they wanted it to be like Vietnam. Mm. And it feels like it's brutal. Like the amount of clones that die and the amount of Umbarans yeah. and they get like in each other's faces and it's like, there's like, like gripping each other. Like it's, it's some of my favorite stuff I've ever seen in Star Wars. Yeah, definitely. And I, and I really want you to watch the Clone Wars so you can experience it. Because <laughs> I think you'd love it. Probably. I think you'd really, really like it. But um, to, to, to wrap this up, I won't go for too long, but there's a few other points I wanted to make that he said Leia would have ended up being the true chosen one of Star Wars canon. Right. What do you think of that? Strange. Bit strange. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how to feel about it. I'm not going to lie. I don't, I, don't, I don't mind it. Dislike it. No, I don't dislike it, but I don't know how to feel about it. I don't really know. I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like a, eh. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Either yeah. way. And then the last couple of bits I'll add is that I found interesting was he said the next generation of Skywalkers and Solos would have played a key part in helping Luke and Leia. So I don't, he doesn't reveal how many there would have been or like whatnot. We just know there would have been children of both Luke and Leia and they would have helped either Leia or Luke in their various goals. Mm -hmm. And I can imagine that making some very dramatic moments if you had you know, Darth Maul or Darth Talon kill one of Luke's children or one of Leia's and, mm. and Han Solo's children. Like, could you imagine the tension and the drama? I, I'd imagine that yeah. would have, there would have been some aspect of that in the script, knowing George Lucas. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe one of the other siblings giving into their anger to, to get revenge, you know. Um, I, I, I really, it makes me sad that we didn't get a Skywalker and Solo family in the actual yeah. sequels. That was something I really like in the EU where, you know, there's like five of them and they're cousins and they're brothers and sisters and they're all learning the force together and some of them are a bit more dark, a bit more light. Like, sure. it's, it's just something I find really, really in- interesting. Um, to, to, so to know that they would be a part in that. And also we know that um, Leia and Han Solo would have had a daughter and that daughter in, that, in his script is eventually what goes on to become Rey in, in the actual sequels we got. Oh. Right, okay which is quite interesting. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you can almost feel that in The Force Awakens where that's sort of carried over from George's script, like just in the bond she has with Solo and Leia, mm-hmm. you know, in that first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Even though they're not actually her parents, they have a very family sort of bond, don't they? Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, he, he just, uh, that was really it. It was, it was quite vague, but... I just have an image of Grandmaster Luke versus an old Sith Lord Darth Maul and Darth with Maul, Jewel yeah. of Fates in the background, how cool that would be. <laughs> um, and it makes me a little sad because um, it sounds like it sounds like it would have been a really coherent trilogy, finishing yeah. off all the loose threads. Mm-hmm. And I know the online reaction when this came out was very mixed. There were people who were like, oh, I wish we got this. And there were people who were like, you know what? I didn't like the sequels we got and this doesn't sound very appealing to me either. But there were also mm. people who were like, oh, I love the sequels we got. And this is, you know, I'm so glad he, that we that they didn't follow George's idea because this yeah. sounds weird. <laughs> um, and I get that to a certain extent. You always have mixed opinions. But, but for me, I'm generally like, oh, the, the, as much as, you know, I like sequels, I do. But I wish this had been the story they'd, they'd gone for. Yeah. Um, for me personally, for what I love in Star Wars, this would have captured that, I think. 
and and it's quite sad because he gave a, George Lucas gave a bit of insight as to why he sold Star Wars, and there were two reasons. The first was he just had uh, another daughter, and he didn't want to be seventy and still making the movies because that was how as he said this sequel trilogy would take ten years. Right. Note, note that Disney made it in five, and he said it would take ten years if he did it <laughs> himself which I think mm-hmm. shows you how much more care and time he would have put into, the, into it. Yeah. Into it. Um, so he said he didn't want to be 70-ish by the time he'd finished. And also he said that he knew he was going to do something radically different again. And he was so upset and uh, traumatized by the backlash from the prequels, he didn't want to upset people further by making the sequel trilogy. Right. Which I think is so sad from like the original yeah. creator of Star Wars. And I think it's quite sad with George Lucas because I know those movies get a lot of hate. But I think like our generation who's, who's grown up with all six movies yeah. appreciates them so much more. Oh, yeah. And I think because of the hate they got at the time, he doesn't see a lot of the love that they get now from like our generation. Now, like, from our generation. I yeah. think there's, there's the amount of people I speak to are like, uh, a guilty pleasure. I love the prequels. Like yeah. I have to admit, I like yeah. like the amount of people I spoke to were like favorite film, Revenge of the Sith, and oh, I'm like, <laughs> same. <laughs> yeah, it's mine as well. Like that might get us lambasted in the comments, and I will say Empire is a close second for me. Yeah, um, I, to, I do love that film. But but yeah, and like I say, I just I think it's such a shame, and it makes me sad that he had this. I mean, I'm glad he, he went away and he, he did. His, spent his time with his family like he wanted to. But I do generally think it's so sad that he thought all the Star Wars fans hated him. And that made him apprehensive and go, here you go, Disney. And then I think it's so sad that Disney bought his screenplay. So he thought they were making his sequel movies. And then they just went, all right, George, yeah, you know what? Out, yeah. we, we're, we're doing something else, mate. See yeah. you later. Like, Chuck your script in the bin. Yeah, I mean they bought it, so they've had, so they could make it one day. Um, maybe in the, maybe one day they'll go back to it and be like, this is an alternate, alternate version of events. I mean they couldn't yeah. really do that now because they'd have to, they'd have to recast Luke and Leia and Han because mm. obviously Leia's not with us anymore. Han yeah. Solo, uh, Harrison Ford would tell him to to do one. He yeah. hates Star Wars. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And, uh, you know, Hamill's not exactly young in years. Not young in years, no. No. But, yeah, you know, it's one of those things. It's always fun to, to sort of conjecture on. Um, I just, is, was it something that, to, to finish off, is it something you guys wish we'd got or are you? I would have been really interested to see it. Uh, yeah. To see how, it, I wish there was a way of seeing, like you say, I wish there was a way of uh, seeing the alternative. Um, like Even if they did an animated series based on his original script and brought yeah. him in, I think I would that would be awesome. It, yeah. yeah. There sounds like some really interesting components in it and I, I really would have liked to have seen it, to be honest. Mm. But I'm not going to say whether or not I would have preferred it or not because I, I'm not really sure. But I liked a lot of what you said. So, yeah, I think it sounds like, like it could have been really cool. Mm. Yeah, Bradley, do you agree? Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, w- I don't dislike the, the sequels that much. So mm-hmm. it's kind of, it's yeah. the same kind of concept. There's of, a lot of hatred for them. And I, yeah, and I get it to a certain one. extent. I can't think of Oh, I, I do get it. it. Like, um, Number eight is awful. 
Yeah, oh, but that's a lot of people's like darling secret favorite of oh, the Star Wars no. franchise. It's so it's so bad. Like, <laughs> I, I there's a lot of love for it, it though, and then I forget it straight away. And can I, I just can I just say that there's one bit of that whole film that I was like, that was awesome, and it was the it literally the only bit that was worth watching for me. Um, is the bit where um Kylo and Ray fight the imperial guards in the in the, yes. thing, the throne room yeah that I, bit is so awesome i did the think it was awesome <laughs> I, I did think it was awesome and you saw the movie mistakes yeah oh yeah. and I, yeah. I can't watch the scene the same way and i'm yeah, like no. why are you just standing there imperial guards and why did you yeah. throw away your power weapon like what's going yeah. on mate yeah it would there is watch watch scene back, the same. There's problems with it but it's definitely the coolest scene in that film yeah, because mm-hmm. uh, that's one thing I hate about the sequel trilogy, which I think wouldn't be the case if George was on board. I think the lightsaber battles are boring, dull, and just so well, if uninventive. You, if you look, well, you look at Revenge the of the Sith. Look at Revenge of the Sith, and the or fight. even uh, Phantom yeah. Menace. Yeah, I yeah. love that fight. I don't, I don't get why they took out all the like kind acrobatic, of yeah. yeah, the force using. They the wanted finesse. to make it feel like the originals, but. George Lucas even said the originals are only the way they are because, because of the limitations yeah. at the time. And I feel like most people agree that wasn't yeah. something from the originals that was beloved. No, I mean, I, <laughs> I feel do like no one was at the time. I, I do oh, love obviously that at the time, Luke I think... Vader fight in uh, Return yeah. of the Jedi. Yeah. But that's more because it's emotional and it's sort of intense. Um, and Vader's sort of toying with Luke instead Yeah, of I was gonna going to say, it's less out. of a fight, more just of like a... A hunt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. You, is that everything? Yeah, that's 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 all of my uh, my news for this week. Well, I'm just gonna say that obviously, first and foremost, you got through that Star Wars news a lot quicker than there was written. Yeah, down. I, I, was I condensed it, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was condensed. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, I really enjoy talking about that. And while my, one of my news pieces actually has some relevance to Star Wars in a strange way, um, yeah. so I think I'm going to pronounce this right. But um, Finn, as you all know him from Star Wars, Mr. John Boyega. That's it. Um, yeah, so he has actually recently thrown his hat into the ring uh, to be in, in the runnings to be the new James Bond, and. I just want to kind of first and foremost get your opinions on it. I mean, he's campaigning for the role hard. Mm. Like he's going out of his way for it. He really wants this. Yeah, he does. But what what do you think? Like, what are your initial thoughts on it? What do you dislike? What do you like? You know, any, any ifs, buts and maybes? Um, He's British. Yeah. (laughs) That's that's a plus. No, but like, you know, I really don't want them to get, someone who's not and do a really awful yeah. british accent, accent like yeah like a lot i mean i'm not saying you know we don't do it we british people get hired as americans oh, yeah. and they do awful yeah. accents as well i mean I'm isn't bond racist. technically scottish um is he yeah no I mean, he's, he's meant to be like he, really really in in skyfall yeah but in skyfall his family home's in scotland yeah. isn't it scotland yeah ah. well either mm. way that's still part of britain so at least he <laughs> um I just don't want, you know, some dodgy accent. Um, I don't know. I, I'm kind of open-minded with the James Bond role at this point. I, I mean, I haven't seen the last like few Jan- Daniel Craig films. I'm not a massive fan. I do like Daniel Craig's films. Oh, I love Daniel Craig's movies. I feel like movies. They, they the, started the, to get very similar. and They did, but I do still enjoy them. Um, I, think I didn't like the last out. one. I didn't like Spectre, no. but I no, liked I the other three. 
Yeah, Casino Royale was literally the like. It's probably yeah, it's the best. one of my favorites. Yeah, I was gonna say I liked Casino Royale, and I quite like uh, Quantum of Solace as well. But then I yeah, yeah, unpopular opinion that Bradley. But it is I love Quantum opinion. of Solace I, as well. I'm I'm not that keen on that one. I prefer I would have if I could skip that one and go to Skyfall. I would have done. Oh that. really? See, no, yeah. I thought Skyfall was really boring. Oh, um, I liked Skyfall. Yeah, uh, I don't even know what happened. Like, <laughs> I think. The then Sky again, field. I think the only reason I like Quantum of Solace is because of the game as well. Yeah, the game. Oh, I was going to say I think. Of I that. forgot about that, Bradley. The game. The game oh, was, oh I quite like Even that the game. multiplayer was amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a great it's, game. Jeez. Um, but anyway, Yeah, no. Moving back to the point, though. Um, yeah, what do you think, Chris? What any comments? Any? So, so just to to point out. I'm not against the Black Bond. No. Um, I really, really wanted Idris, El- Idris Elba, Elba. Yeah. To, to be Bond. Yeah. I think he'd be great. But be. my problem with John Baega is he's too young. I do That's, not see this guy yeah, so as Bond. He's so, too... He's, he's, don't get me wrong. There's some people who think he's an awful actor. He's not. He's not. Like, no, if you watch not. The Force Awakens, because to be fair to him, he got shafted by the script. In, the, mm-hmm. in episode eight and episode nine. But in episode seven, he does some great acting. Like, he's a good actor. Yeah, he is. Um, I, I don't think he's a bad actor at all. I think he's a really good actor. And I really like him as a person as well. Like, I think he, yeah. he, like, he's the way he is off camera. He seems like such a great person. He seems and, genuine. He's, yeah, he's he come does. from a, a, a poor family, yeah, poor background. Yeah. And do you know what? Um, I'm not opposed to the idea of him being Bond. There's nothing, I, you know. I think he got. I think I've seen him all swathed up, and I think he could portray the character in a in a, a right way. Um, but that was your point. Was exactly the point I was going to make. Is that I just think he's too young. Mm. Um, I, I think it's. I mean, he's he said to the producers that he would like to bring a very different, fresh, modern take on James Bond, which. Okay, depending on how much they're going to change it yeah. and change, you know, what what the film's about. If if the point was that maybe he was younger, maybe yeah, maybe have a crack at it that way. But yeah, the bond but, that we all envision uh, I, is not the bond that yeah. he could portray. And and, and mm-hmm. based on his words of a new, fresh, young, modern take, yeah. for whatever reason, I feel like he'd just turn it into James Bond Kingsman. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's because because he was an executive producer on the second Pacific Rim, like he had a yeah, big yeah. creative hand oh, in that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so his sort of style and his sort of idea—I don't think it's bad. I don't hate the second Pacific Rim. It's just no. a sort of dumb. It's not as good as the first one. I love yeah. the first one, but first it's just—it's just a dumb, stupid um, robot. Don't think about it, movie. Whereas the first one was Guillermo del Toro gives you a fucking awesome. Sorry for swearing. Um, <laughs> so on, so on. He was passionate. He was passionate about that. Um, but yeah, no, that is no. I agree. Um, I I see what you mean about the Kingsman thing as well. And you don't want James Bond to become like that because there's already Kingsman movies for that. You know, um, yeah. there's already spy movies for that. So I I don't know. I'm but like I say, I'm quite open to the idea. I've heard so many people's names go backwards and forwards about who could potentially be the next Bond. And to be honest, most of them I've thought, yeah. I could see that. Oh, yeah, mm. that'd be quite cool. Um, yeah. So I don't really care who they so, cast. Right, okay, so, so you're not too fussed, Bradley? Do you have any? No, like like I said, I haven't. I don't think I've even seen Spectre. So I'm like past anyone. <laughs> it's the one if you've seen <laughs> so, it, you know by the start. It's the one where the he does the Day of the Dead festival at the start. Yeah, that bit's the, good. The, the, build, the building collapses and then he flips a helicopter upside down. 
No, I have not. So, so the opening's really good, and then I yeah, completely yeah, forgot what happens in the rest of that so movie. Have, so have I, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> it's not very memorable, is it? No, um, it's, I don't think it's a very good one, Spectre. No. But, um, but yeah, that, you'll but, know because when you flipped the helicopter, I was like, oh, come on, what's going on now? <laughs> Before <laughs> we, um, we move away from this, mm. I'd be interested to see, though, if you could choose an actor working now to be Bond, who would be your like, prime pick? Um, or is that too, is that too difficult? No, oh, yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, um, I couldn't top I've got one that I'd really like. So, have you ever watched Game of Thrones or The Bodyguard on the BBC? I know exactly who you mean. Yeah, the Richard Madden. Richard Madden. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I love Richard Madden, and I think he'd kill he's it Scottish, as, he is, he is yeah, Scottish, isn't he? He's Scottish, but he, hey. he but he can do a really posh. Um, <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is he could go back to the roots. Well. <laughs> if he is Scottish, then yeah. I mean, I'm not roots. sure if in uh, Ian Fleming's, I'm not sure if in in the the book he's Scottish. Um, I don't know if that's something they just threw in in skyfall yeah. it, it, oh. it could be um but you know i'm not opposed to a scottish bond as long as he's british yeah. like okay and he, and he's shown before he can do a posh boy accent yeah. and he yeah. sounds posh convincing <laughs> well you know a more a more british more you know like you know ha ha <laughs> brown <laughs> car <laughs> <laughs> you know not what we are <laughs> <laughs> you know, not, not well, as long as they ways. don't put as long as they don't put an American who can't do an English accent right in there, I don't really mind. Could you imagine? <laughs> can you imagine how much of a bad like James, oh, Bond. Film. James Bond? Can you imagine can you imagine if they like cast up like, Marky Markison? <laughs> <laughs> and he's just he's just doing his best like weird amalgamation accent where he's sort of northern, sort of posh. Brilliant. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, so we'll see who ends up being Bond, and I'm quite excited. Just for I'm going to miss Daniel Craig because I do like his Bond, but yeah, yeah we'll he's see what good. Next, um, so moving on to another bit of TV slash film news. This is to do with uh, beloved Will Smith. I don't really know. I don't think I know a single person who doesn't like Will Smith. I, I don't I think you'd be that. surprised. There's, really? there's a lot of people out there who, who I think more people like him than dislike him. But there yeah. is a big group of people out there who oh, say really? he's just Will Smith and everything. Yeah, he is. Oh, I mean, who, I, think like I do think that. he's a. I do think he's a great actor as well, though. But he does definitely, you know, he doesn't change too drastically. However, um, this was with regards to his character Deadshot from the Suicide Squad movie. It turns out that he is currently working on a series for HBO Max. And I I personally think this is awesome. I, mm. I liked him as Deadshot as well. Yeah, so I thought same. it was really cool. And I'm optimistic that they could make a really cool series out of it. Like I kind of just like the whole Deadshot character anyway. Yeah. I've always thought that's a cool character. So I liked the. I hope they kind of stick with the style he had from the film. Um, but it would be cool to see something a bit more focused on him. Yeah. There, there's something that we, you kind of spoke about, Chris, which is that it would be awesome if they made this in the style of the Mandalorian. Yeah, the that's just what with, I can see. Yeah, with the brutal sort of, you know, uh, the mortality, uh, morality of everything, and uh, you know, this like hitman, you know, dark he's this this almost morally gray but kind of more evil but morally gray at the same time exactly Mm -hmm. yeah i I think it could be awesome and i i 
personally we don't know i don't know much else about it but i think that i'm excited to say the least mm. about it yeah i mean i just know that they said will smith's in talks and they want this to be a mini series so not many episodes but they want it mm-hmm. to be they want it to be really high budget i think they mentioned like the boys like that kind of budget Okay. Um, which is which is easily done if it's only like six episodes as well yeah. because it's a mini series. Yeah, yeah. It's just not. Yeah. yeah. Um, cool. But but I think yeah I think I think if you do a mini series you keep it self contained you do this like heavy R rated you let Will Smith be Will Smith because I think his interpretation of the character was really entertaining and was fun. It was. Yeah. And I also think he did have good emotional depth as well with the daughter dynamic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought there was definitely. more to him than just a hitman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think he could bring that in the series really well. And I, and I think if it did well, which I imagine it would, because um, I couldn't see it not doing well. And I just quickly before, I think I love that HBO Max want to do all these individual super high budget superhero, superhero shows. That they want to do Ben Affleck's Batman. They want to do this dead shot. Mm-hmm. They want to do John Cena's character from Suicide Squad. Like, they yeah. want to do all these crazy shows, and I'm so on board for them. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, and, and like I said, and I can, if this does well and, you know, eventually gets made, I would love for them to do a assassination contract storyline, but just without Batman and just okay. have, like, dead shot go up against like death strike and all the other hitmen and have them like oh, compete because so cool, yeah. they've already because um joe manganiello um mm-hmm. he he plays Deathstroke in death the justice strike, league yeah. um end credit scenes so you could literally just bring him on for an episode you've mm-hmm. got the suit you've got he's got the build he's he's great in the role i, I like that casting and mm. even just them two competing to kill a dude would be so cool and entertaining it would, yeah, you know what i mean awesome. like there's so much potential with that show. It, it gets me really excited like for the concept yeah. of it. Yeah, I like the idea as well. And I think it's awesome. Bradley, feel the same? Yeah, of course I do. Of course you do, <laughs> yeah. You're not a Will Smith hater, are you? you love no, God, no. Yeah, no. Yeah, God, I, Will love, I love Will Smith. And yeah, I think iRobot's like his best film. I love iRobot. Yeah, it is. Yeah, definitely. It's up there. And um, I, oh, I Am Legend. I Am Legend. Oh, I was say, I what am a Legend's film. A great film. I yeah. love that film. Um, but yeah, so moving on to my uh, last bit of news, which is gaming related. And we've talked about this so many times before on the podcast, but this time we've got something new to speak about regarding the matter. We all talk about microtransactions. We all talk about how much we dislike microtransactions and yeah. how much some of our friends uh, have, have a problem, problem with microtransactions. <laughs> well, we're here to tell you some things about microtransactions that are going to make a difference. Uh, this is something EA because obviously they're the ones who get in all the trouble near enough all the time. There's another yeah. case about them <laughs> being in some sort of trouble because of <laughs> their gambling problems. Now they are introducing a, a, t- a new spending tool, uh, which allows you to track and tally uh, how much money you're spending. Uh, is it Chris, is it specific to FIFA just for FIFA? Uh, so they're developing for FIFA, Madden, basically they're so sports, sports games. Yeah, yeah. Especially sport games. Right. Okay. So just say FIFA for now, but um it's basically it obviously keeps a track on how much you're spending uh, on in-game currency and and also just you know microtransactions in general but alongside that you can also set a spending limit i mean they're trying to do this obviously to try and well drop some of these cases that they keep getting and yeah. all these things because obviously if they've got things in place to say 
well, there's a spending limit, you know, this is down to the player now, you know, it's not. Uh, yeah. The They're like, look, we've got stuff in place, in place to, to stop this, this gambling. Yeah. Right. Mm. Yeah. And if you don't <laughs> use it, that's not our problem. Yeah. Um, but basically, I mean, it's really, it's quite cool. And, uh, but I feel like they're not really getting given much choice, but to take some kind of action because otherwise oh, these yeah. cases are just going to keep coming in. This is them just throwing something at the wall and hoping it sticks. Yeah. Hoping it sticks. Yeah. But it, I think it's really interesting because I would love to see how much I would love for Zach to set a yeah. spending limit and then see how, how long it takes before he overdoes it before he like, before he cancels it. Like, can you imagine? <laughs> do, you, like, do you know, do you know what I really want to see if they do it as an update to pre-existing FIFA, I want to see how much he's already spent. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. it tells you, doesn't it? It tells you how much you've spent. So I want to see how much money he spent on packs already. Yeah, it would be. And and I think if he saw like like you know three hundred pounds or two hundred pounds, I think he'd be like, oh god, maybe I need to stop. I think I I think think that's good. I think you're laughing by saying three hundred pounds. I think that's yeah. yeah, yeah. low. We already (laughs) had him tell us he needs spent a thousand. So and that was in one time. Yeah, but wasn't that like a a past cod? Uh, No, a past FIFA. No, was that was, this I'm pretty sure that was this one. Oh, I'm pretty God. sure because it was over lockdown. So I'm pretty sure it was this <laughs> one. I mean, but that's the thing. They they want to keep their cash cow. So they're like, how can we get the courts off our back? Let's look we'll like something. we're trying something. Yeah, yeah to stop it. <laughs> like, like, yeah, I really, really like barely trying, but kind of like, oh, there's something in place. You know? But, but I do something. think it's good because as much as, you know, we say it's, it's throwing stuff at the wall and hoping it sticks. Mm. But... I do think it will make certain people go, oh, oh my God, I've spent £200. Yeah, yeah, what am yeah, I doing? Stop. I do as well. I think when you see the figure, um, like once you see it in front of you and you realise you've actually spent that much in total, you kind of mm-hmm. would be, you'd be like almost disgraced in yourself. A bit yeah. <laughs> because it's it easy to just do £10 every now and then, time. isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. That's you know. If Not I saw that, that, same, that, but no, but no, but it would be like if I did do it, it would be on even any game really. If I saw it, then as a tally and saw how much, and you know, even if it was once a month, and I saw how much I was spending, it would definitely shock me into thinking I'm going to stop doing that now because yeah. I'm racking mm-hmm. up the bill. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's just really cool. But you know, like you say, it's like just hoping that that's enough for them to just. Kind of are we off the hook? Yeah, there you go. See, <laughs> you put something in. No one's used it so far, but it's <laughs> oh god. But yeah, that's uh, that's me done for the news. Uh, unless anyone has anything to say about that one? No, no? Um, um, that just uh, I just think it's funny to be honest. Once it's in place, we'll get Zach um, back on the podcast and we'll we'll get him to talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, hopefully, hopefully, um, it can actually show what he spent so far as well because that would yeah. that'd be so funny. Yeah, I think maybe, he'd maybe, be ashamed in himself. Maybe show you spending across all the FIFAs. <laughs> oh, imagine that. Oh, my God. <laughs> the last 10 years of FIFA. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, so moving on to my news. Um, and today we're starting off. I mean, it's been a big few weeks, you know, consoles have just launched. And, yeah, let's um, start talking about that right now. Let's <laughs> yeah, and, and I'll be Jack, back in a bit. <laughs> Jack is not the only one upset about not getting a new, you know, Xbox Series X. But Microsoft's CFO, so Chief Financial Officer, has released a statement saying how he doesn't think that there will be enough supply to meet demand until April 2021. Oh my God. That's when they... It's insane. 
that he thinks they'll start to be able to fully meet uh, the demand that's currently obviously being presented to them. I hate um, to sound selfish, but I don't really care about the demand as long as I get one. You're like, part of the demand, Jay. Yeah, but if I get one before 2021, <laughs> you are the demand. I don't yeah, care about everyone else. <laughs> I don't care about else's problems. Well, Jack, you could be waiting till April 2021, potentially, depending on um, if you get lucky, essentially. Um, yeah. I just, Microsoft just, just weren't expecting first... to sell everything, were they? That's the thing. No, exactly. And... Um, yeah, do we know how many they crazy. made? Do we actually know how many they made, or roughly? I do not know exactly. Wasn't it? Wasn't it like a? Le- I think it was in the book. Sony made eleven million, and I think Microsoft said they. Uh, it might. They may have made. Uh, uh, so I'd assume they made around the same amount as Sony. In the <sighs> same ballpark, get... right? Mm-hmm. Probably. Mm-hmm. But speaking of Sony, um, Xbox <laughs> are also looking at taking over Japan which is a Sony-dominated market, and it has been uh, for the past um, generations. And it's mm. actually Xbox are starting to make a dent into what is Sony's territory. And it's I'm mad. really happy about that. Like, you know, Xbox is finally I'm, spreading its wings. I'm so surprised that the Japanese are, you know, taking American product. Um Because they're, they're usually sort of, it's, it's not, it's usually more of a sort of, they're like, we support, are things that are built in our our homeland you know it's quite a, mm-hmm. a traditional japanese sort of outlook on buying their technology you know yeah it wasn't it didn't they change the controller for the japanese or something oh, I, did swear they? They, I, I, I swear know. there was there was something about them changing the circle and the cross um because of the way that japanese culture works and everybody in japan was really annoyed oh, so really? Maybe, maybe that's why they're uh, just boycotting it yeah i heard as well that it was because of um game pass to a lot of extent as well because oh, they okay. found out about the value of game pass mm-hmm. um and you know um they're very intelligent people if they think i can spend you know a small sum and get all these games uh, why wouldn't they you know yeah so, and a huge percentage of people are actually um game pass owners or are buying game pass with the uh their purchase of an xbox series x so showing that like microsoft are really you know they've really got something yeah with, they're on game something. Pass. yeah like i mean and the thing is obviously with x cloud the idea is that you're not even going to need uh, an xbox one x um uh, xbox series x sorry um and yet people are still buying them one too Brad, mm. Christmas. Uh, no i didn't, I didn't. <laughs> i'm not getting any i'm not getting any i talk about all these consoles but i'm still sitting there like oh, i won't get any um <laughs> I mean, I I was considering a certain Sony one, PlayStation, weren't you? Yes, but not anymore. But um, but not anymore. Not anymore, just because the way. That, anyway, so <laughs> so the thing is, though, we're talking about Xbox, but Sony is actually in you know a really similar position, and it's selling really well. So it's not yeah. just Xbox. It's not. Yeah, they're um, both selling like hotcakes. Exactly, and and they've Microsoft... both sold all their stock, haven't they? Uh, yes, they, uh, I think so. Much, yeah. If not, Sony's producing it quicker because I don't think it's as uh, Bad. much of a shortage. Yeah, um, unless Microsoft just made less. But mm. yeah, so the the CFO that um, said that they wouldn't have any supplier to meet the demand until April 2021 also said, frankly, gaming is just exploding, and it is. It's, yeah. it's just like gaming's always bigger been on the and rise. bigger. Um, Ooh, and lock- yeah, exactly. And lockdown is just like accelerated this by like we'll be we'll, we'll be like the common masses soon how weird is that well, yeah. but this is the thing it won't be ostracized the... by society anyway <laughs> yeah but like it, it's already happened and yet it's still kind of a weird point in culture but it's the biggest like form of entertainment now it's, mm-hmm. the, it's the highest grossing entertainment 
um which is mad when you think about how like much big budget films are and things gaming is just bigger um but yeah so it's like it's only getting bigger as well it's it's just exploding and um yeah jack can't get a console i can't get a graphics <laughs> card no one's happy no one's happy christmas <laughs> no is cancelled this year <laughs> <laughs> exactly but Santa's from done one... a terrible job mate terrible job. <laughs> from one piece of console news to another with uh, with a launch week or a launch weeks depending on where you are in the world um there's a lot of videos online that are arising of um some issues with microsoft new console um one is showing smoke coming out of the Xbox Series X, whilst others are extremely uh, loud disc reading sounds, shall we say. So mm. discs either not going in or going in and making extreme churning noises, um, really unhealthy sounds. The, the, smoke, uh, the smoking Xbox Series Xs have been deemed uh, an internet hoax. They are fake. Um, but Microsoft has actually confirmed that there are faulty... Uh, xboxes out there that have disc reading errors yeah which they have said that there's it's quite a small percentage of them um and obviously you kind of expect this with hardware it's not yeah, the there's going to be some faulty ones and who like discs <laughs> yeah who who buys discs it's di- it's 2020 who's buying discs so i mean I, it's I, me and my brother actually spoke about this and i, I told him about the, the disc reader being an issue and he looked mm-hmm. at me and went i don't think we've bought a disc for four years <laughs> and then then we literally went on our, literally everything we buy is from the xbox store or steam yeah, nowhere exactly. else i buy games i'm the same so it's like i wouldn't if mine came with a disc problem and at this point where you can't get an xbox i'd probably just say ah well, oh well <laughs> that's my luck but um yeah let's hope if jack does get one it won't be one of them because you know you want to yeah, imagine but, that. But then at least he just buys them digitally and you've got no problem. Yeah. No. Did you know? Um, so I know. So obviously they were talking about this issue with the smoke um, and they said, obviously, that it was fake because uh, it looks like people have, uh, you know, uh, using their vapes to. They were breathing, vaping, vaping into the, up breathing into it, weren't they? Into it and then turning the Xbox on and letting it all evaporate upwards. Um, the funniest thing is Xbox actually, like Xbox's official page tweeted say and saying, I can't believe we actually have to tell you this, but please don't vape into your Xbox. And I was like, that's actually really funny. Like, it's really funny that they even like, they talk to us like we're idiots, like because yeah. we've done something so idiotic. Like children. Like, yeah, they, like, they, I can't, they, it's the fact they put, we can't believe we have to tell you this, but don't vape into your they, they did a follow-up tweet as well saying, um, it was something along the lines of, don't vape what is essentially vaporized water particles uh, yeah. into what is essentially your gaming Hardware, yeah. Hardware, like you're yeah. just putting you're... water on your, <laughs> yeah. like, you're like destroying your hardware. Water over the top, yeah. <laughs> so stupid. Like, don't but, spend um... five hundred pounds and then break <laughs> and it then yourself. Vape into it, yeah, <laughs> and then complain when it's broken. Uh, oh, it's mad. But yeah, I mean, that isn't even the only problem uh, that's occurring. The whole disc drive thing. Uh, there, are, there's a, a report that Xboxes are also just shutting down mid-game. Oh, and, really? and certain games Always are triggering gives. it yeah um but that isn't just exclusive to xbox either so sony is also having issues with their amazing ssds and then their games are also just shutting I love down how even jack knows what an ssd is now 
Uh, we've we've I, spoke yeah. so much about parts on this podcast, like Bradley doing yeah. his like, Jack's like, <laughs> I know what a solid stake driver is. <laughs> but it's like, I knew that that was going to be, after we spoke about it last it's, time, it's, we it's, about it's just the amazing. It, I knew it was going to be a problem. But oh yeah, my god! And apparently, games are just shutting down for Sony as well. So basically, mainly Spider-Man gen... apparently as well. Mm. Yeah, which is obviously one of their like staple they're, games. They're sellers. But yeah, next gen is off to really not a great start. <laughs> but it's funny that both sides are suffering. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no console has come out like squeaky clean. <laughs> they're but, both but just it, having issues. But you know, they said both of them have said this is a small percentage. And I can't actually think of any console generation that hasn't had hasn't had problems issues yeah. on launch. Yeah, yeah, you're selling so much of the same product that you're gonna find um, faulty ones. Yeah. Um, where, whereas normally with with other things, you you know you, you don't find it as much because you're not buying them in such big quantities. But they're selling so many of them that obviously they're gonna find the faulty ones mm. coming out of the factory. Yeah. Of um, course. But yeah, so it is. It's just quite funny to see both Sony and and xbox having these issues and people just moaning at them online and then people moaning they can't get them because they're all selling out and and then they're like oh like loving it when they do get it and it's just it's just this weird little time right now and i I kind of find it entertaining everybody getting excited over consoles is cute but um something that everybody isn't getting excited for is a game that i was excited for godfall Mm -hmm. so as you know, I have talked about it on the podcast. I was really hyped for Godfall. Mm, um, me too. And then, it, and then it dampened. So I was like, oh no, the system requirements are really high. And, um, and now I'm just unsure what to believe anymore. <laughs> Godfall because well, of the reviews. It's receiving, let's just say like awful reviews for what it should have been. Um, and it's only getting like half decent reviews um, for one reason. So basically there's, they're saying it's disappointing because it's too repetitive. The mm. loot and progression is underwhelming and the story is boring. And like, realistically, what is there left <laughs> yeah. in a game? Well, I'll tell you what there is. And, and this, is, this is the creators exactly. of Borderlands. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, and how can literally, you yeah. mess up the loot? You make yeah. Borderlands. Yeah. I think people are saying with the loot, the problem is, is there's only like, I think five, six weapons in the game. Right. What they're saying is that the loot doesn't really feel different. Like, yeah, you're basically like, Picking oh, I've got a sword. Oh, look, it's a sword that does more damage, but it performs the exact same as that previous mm. previous sword. Yeah. So, so there's no, like, whereas in Borderlands... Do they look guns, different they look types different. of guns? Yeah, different obviously they'll look different, but at the same time, aesthetics aren't really, no. you know... Like, no. when, you're, when you're doing a looter game, it, yeah. it doesn't really do anything mm. for you when well, you're playing... Yeah. You're meant to play this for, like, you know, 50 hours odd. Mm. Um and it's not really going to do anything. But Whereas yeah, in like, like you say, like in Borderlands, you'll pick up an assault rifle and it will have like different fire modes. Like one mm-hmm. will be full auto, exactly. one won't be. You'll have different companies that it shoots different particle effects, different contact yes, effects, exactly. different projectiles. Like it's mad. I wonder uh, why though, that if that, if they've, you know, made things like Borderlands and that, why would they make it? What, well, technically know, they were they just the publishers. So right. Oh, were they? A, yeah. They probably didn't have as much of a say in. Got yeah. They probably just have more of an influence on mm-hmm. the uh, the actual dev team, um, but at the same time, like I was so hopeful for this game, and yeah. I really I mean, wanted yeah, yeah, more things like this. Yeah, and that's literally my last point. Is but hey, at least it looks gorgeous. <laughs> like that's literally all it's got going do, for do it. Do you think? But do you think it's one of them games like like Anthem and stuff? Do you think it's one of them games where even though it may not be the most you know interesting, like uh, and it might be repetitive, do you think it's one of them games where if you were playing with say the three of us, 
you could kind of ignore that and enjoy it and have a really good time. I hope so. I'm hoping it's a game that can be fixed. Yeah, yeah, it's a three-player uh, three oh, multiplayer game. And that's why I was so yeah. drawn into it. Yeah. Um, and I'm hoping it could be fixed. But the only other problem is it's not a live-service game, even though it really oh. fits the bill. It's, yeah. it's an online co-op loot-em-up. And it's not live-service. It's, mm. it's just been released, and that's that. And it, it just, that just seems really disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if they I could mean, have fixed this issue. Yeah, away, when, when the whole game patch, is basically yeah. like Melee Destiny... Mm. Like Melee Destiny, and Destiny it. is doing so well, and it's in like yeah. Yeah. Destiny Two's in like it's what fourth year, third or fourth and, year, yeah. And it, it's just crazy, but yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of like really disappointed because mm. I was so excited. It's now. so it's I'm so really... sad when that happens as well, isn't it? When you yeah. when there's a game you're really looking forward to and it performs badly, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And I like I can see why because every everything they bring up, I kind of watch gameplay and I realize I'm seeing pretty much the same things same thing. every time and i'm like yeah i can see already that the gameplay is just so repetitive they said the IGN was good it. yeah i think they gave it a six. Oh, oh god and oh, you know god. I, IGN, IGN always gives six. like plus two as well so that's a four exactly yeah. and and then you think what happens if it looks ugly that's, <laughs> a, that's a two that's a two yeah like it, i don't know i'm just yeah, i'm just disappointed and like it, it, i'm really really hopeful that if I hold off, the they'll update the game. They'll you know change some of the progression, rework the you know the way the, the story works maybe, um, and just one day it will be good. But right now, I'm just like I don't think I want to get it because I'll be too disappointed. I'm just mm. gonna be like so because I was so hyped for it that it will just be so disappointing that it will be you know a waste of my time and money. But mm. I mean, but like Jack says, to be fair. Because I know both me and him felt the complete same about Anthem. And it got the yeah, same exactly. scathing reviews. But then me and Jack both picked up Anthem for what, like 10 bucks? It was like 10 quid and it was like the yeah. ultimate legendary edition. Yeah, yeah. Ridiculous. Well, yes, but, but this will be 50. <laughs> yeah, no, but yeah. what I'm getting at is down the line, I can imagine oh, yeah, this definitely. being like Anthem, that me and yeah. Jack both pick it up for 10 bucks. Oh, exactly. And we I will jump on it one day and we and have a great it. time, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's because we spent like 10 pounds on the Ultimate Edition in a sale. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a game that I will get one day, it's, it's no doubt, but it, it will be... One I don't day. Want to pay <laughs> yeah, I don't want to pay 50 pounds for a game that I'm going to be disappointed in. <laughs> so, so six years later, wait for the... <laughs> The review, of, like uh, the review of I, I wish I had got it when it came out. <laughs> but yeah, on on to my last piece of news from a badly reviewed game to a game that's been getting really good reviews. So mm. congratulations, Sony. Demon Souls <laughs> is out everywhere now. So and I just want to take a moment to say that this game is getting uh, critically good Rave reviews, reviews and you know fans are really happy with it. Um, and it looks great. It, like, you know, I, I keep seeing it on Twitch and I'm, I'm just, I, I resist, but I click and I watch some and I, I'm always like, wow, looks amazing. So yeah, that is literally all I want to say. Mm. Um, screw you, Sony. And I hope <laughs> Xbox wins this war of whose console has less <laughs> issues with it. I hope yours wow. finds this, this second issue that's like doubly worth Serious. it. So, so what, what you're saying yeah. is, is well done, Sony, for having such a great exclusive. And we're so screw happy the Sony game's doing really exclusive. well. Yeah. But yeah. screw you, Sony, for making it exclusive and not giving it to me on PC. Is that what yeah, you're getting at? Yeah. I mean, I'll always say my biggest complaint is the fact 
that they left on the trailer coming yeah. to PC. I will, yeah. That's what. That's where I drew I, the line. I, I reckon you'll get it, Bradley. The, uh, Eventually. And then I will forgive them. Will you backtrack? Only then. <laughs> I won't backtrack. Oh, no, they've deserved this. <laughs> I will forgive them for their transgression. You'll find it in your heart. <laughs> but yeah, so if you have a PS5, please play Demon Souls. It is phenomenal looking yeah. and i'm sure it is a phenomenal game um especially in if you're into you know any of the other Souls yeah games and, or you like challenging games and i saw one reviewer said i think the quote was suffering should not be this much fun no yeah it, and i was like it, it is go. though it Definitely just is for bradley <laughs> well the other thing the other cool piece of news they released um just as a little side note is that um the the people who remastered it i believe it was blue point um were actually considering putting in an easy like an easy mode. Oh really? What, yeah, and everybody's always said like, oh well, why can't these games have an easy mode? And then like they've always been like, no, it's core to the game to not mm. have an easy mode. And yeah, that feel weird. Yeah, and they were like obviously they had the power to put it in because they were given complete like you know creative rights to do what they want with it. And they literally said they couldn't. They felt it was disrespectful to put in an easy mode, so they they said we didn't. We just couldn't do it to like you know to FromSoft and like the fans. It just is disrespectful. Mm. So I was like, that's that's quite cute and funny at the same time. Like, yeah. So these guys are obviously never fans get... as well, right? Yeah, exactly. They, it clearly shows that they they care about the actual IP and not just hey, here's you know really good looking game that we've made. Like, you know, they they've stayed to the core uh, development. But yeah, it it does look amazing. So please, if you have a PS5 play it no <laughs> play it to your heart's content i'll i'll be waiting for my pc version yeah so if you've got a playstation everyone support it because mm-hmm. we something we want on this podcast to do well mm-hmm. so yeah that's all my news cool 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 well um before we move on to uh the one review we've got this week um mm-hmm. i wanted to quickly do because i've been playing through i've done about 26 hours now of Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just wanted to give my brief impressions. Mm-hmm. And I'm I will, excited to hear this. And I will tell you that they are very positive to mixed. Okay. Ooh, to um, mix. On certain That's aspects true. of the game. So straight away, I'm going to keep this as brief as I can because I will do a review eventually. I'll do a review <laughs> probably like five months down the line when I've eventually... <laughs> finished everything um so look forward to that um because i'm not going to rush through it no so, the, that's the right way to play it though so so i'll get through a game like that yeah not like the reviewers who are like oh i did some of the story and it's nine out of ten <laughs> i'm just like well that's, you haven't really experienced the game have you ign <laughs> um why are we calling out ign because they are really bad for this bradley it's just like <laughs> we're just burning our bridges here yeah, they're like yeah, we, blacklist that one. Yeah, we never we never do a, a, a special feature with that podcast. Uh, oh hey, god, yeah. I mean, yeah, uh, burn the bridges early. It's the best way to go, I reckon. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so so um, I love everything about this game. Mm-hmm. Literally, almost everything about this game, except for the combat. Oh, okay. Ooh. I love Which everything. It's obviously quite essential, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I love the stealth is the best it's been for years. It's yep. 
there's aspects you can tweak so you can go into the the options menu and you can make it more old creed you can change the assassinate button to Y. you can make it so it's instant assassinations on any enemies which is See, really that's cool. one of the things that excites me the most actually and i know you said to me you text me when you first started playing it saying i can actually confirm that you, mm. you would like this one and i was like oh so yeah. that does make me want it but i also eventually went back and i turned instant assassination off oh because you get an ability that is really cool that i really enjoy um, and it basically say you are air assassinating as you fall towards the enemy if they are a higher level than you or higher gear a bar will pop up and you have it's like a quick time event and you have to get the assassinate button within like the bars that pop up oh i've seen um, someone do that yeah, and it's re- but the thing is i know a lot it depends how you feel about uh quick time events but when you're like air assassinating and he's falling towards them really slow and then you get it and you click it and he lands and like instant kills them, it's really satisfying. And it mm. makes a really fun thing where it's kind of like, I know you're a master assassin, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get a clean kill every time. So it's like, it's like risk class reward. Yeah. It's a great reward for yeah. doing it right. But and, not, and, you don't. And, and that's so weird because I played it for ages with that off. But once I got that ability, I was like, you know what? I'm really enjoying this like quick time. If, if you thing. get it wrong, if you don't do it right, is it you do damage, but then have to fight them? Or is yeah. it like you yeah, get hurt? Completely. That's, oh, okay. that's what it is. Um, so, so you've got to weigh it up. You've got what do you prefer? And you, like I said, you just put instant assassinate on and you just breeze through the entire game. Um, and the opening, the first like six hours, I love straight away. The story starts and you're like, this is Assassin's Creed. Like straight away. I was playing the intro and I was just like this to me, this is Assassin's Creed. This feels like Creed again. Like it's a story. There's emotion. There's some sort of like weight. Uh, I won't tell you what happens. You might know, but I won't get into it. Spoilers. Um, and yeah, so, so straight from the story, I feel like it's so much more focused than Odyssey and Origins. And you can really tell that they've taken everything that's great from Origins and Odyssey and everything that's great from the old games. And they've tried to make this like hybrid. And it really works in certain places, but in other places, it really falls apart, if that makes sense but it mm-hmm. works so much more than it doesn't, if that makes sense. And there's aspects from this game that no. feels like they're pulled from all different parts of creeds, like your settlement. It feels like it's pulled from the homestead in Assassin's Creed three, the way you interact with the brotherhood and the way they come over from Constantinople and the way you're doing little contracts for them. And you go into the bureau and he's like, you've got to go to London to kill all these Templars. And the whole like London section is so like, it feels like an old school creed where he's like, here's your assassination targets. And if you kill this person, you can find out information on this target. And it's like the Odyssey assassination um, branching tree, but more detailed and more ways to go about it. And it's all optional. Like the whole game. That's the thing I love. I spent, 12 hours in Norway before I went to England and Dan spent six hours in Norway and just went straight to England. Like you can do whatever you want from the get go. You can just do the main story. You can just go out raiding. You can, there's, there's so much that you can just do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And there are still level zones 
But if you stealth it, especially if you've got instant stealth on, like kill, you can still manage it. Yeah, you just manage it. Like it's not an issue. It just means if you do get into melee combat, they'll probably mess you up. Yeah. Um, but it's doable. It's not impossible, especially if you're good at stealth. Mm-hmm. Um, and the stealth is so satisfying, and it's so cool the way they've done this, where you will you have like a will of different stuff. It has a torch in it, and it has a cloak ability, which is something you actually learn from the assassins, because he talks about you do a whole mission where he says, "Now pull up your hood and wrap your cloak around you." And it, the way it works is if you aren't if you haven't got your hood up and your cloak on, which is uh, equipable on any piece of armor, um, the guards detect you faster. And and it's and the mentor you do it with is like because they're not looking for you because you look like an old man or you're unsuspecting. Mm-hmm. But when you've got the hood down, they detect you faster and you're likely to you know have more problems from doing stealth. That's so cool. And they thought about it so much. And even like the thing I love, which I said to Dan, I was blown away by this, is you can't eagle jump at the start of the game. Oh, he right. just like so you find yourself having to climb back down from viewpoints or doing this really <laughs> weird little jump into like water or that like killing yourself. But the reason you can't do it is because you learn it. You get taught it by the assassins. And I was like, this is awesome because of course, how he's a Viking, how would he know how to do it? Of course I should get taught by the assassins how to eagle jump. Yeah, like not just be able to. Yeah, not just be able to do it from the get-go without any training. And it's like a, literally a story mission and it's this whole big thing and you watch one of the assassins do it and Ivor's like, oh, I can't do it. Like, oh, this is, you're, you're insane. What the hell? And the assassin's like, just let go, just jump. Just, you have to give yourself away and then you do it and you're like, boom. And also, uh, this is a slight spoiler that I'll give you, but it's not, it's not really bad. No, no spoilers. No, none <laughs> at all. Not even a little no. joke. No, okay, I'll leave it off then. I don't want to know how the game opens. That's the biggest spoiler for me. <laughs> it, it wasn't. Uh, is spo- anybody else was, like that? It was just I something. I hate knowing how a game it, opens. It was just I, I something about the hidden blade. That was all I was going to no. talk about. Oh, I, I know it, Chris. I know exactly what okay, you mean. Well, I accidentally saw a clip. I know exactly okay, what you're about. It's funny, yeah, but it's I, great. I won't yeah, talk great. about it. No, but I'm in, I'm here with you, Chris. I know what you mean. We'll talk about it after. So. <laughs> Thank you for your <laughs> confidentiality. <laughs> and graphically, this game is... I mean, Odyssey was beautiful, but this takes the cake. This is amazing. And, and Norway, for me, I was just looking around and I was like, what is this place? I was like, this is so it's beautiful. Norway. Like, But I was just like, all the different areas and I'm running around and London's beautiful and they're all... The, the areas are so cool and dynamic and different. And yeah, I was just like, wow, this game's beautiful. But on the downside of that, you can tell the Xbox One is struggling. Like, it's slightly buggy. Does it sound like a jet and engine? <laughs> occasionally, when you're in big cities, it can get a bit, and the game starts going a bit like, oh, your frames are going, and you're like, I think once I got, and I had a, I think I had like three crashes in one day, and I was just like, oh. And one of them happened after I'd done like two quests and I was like, that's how not, mm-hmm. I didn't even get an autosave. And I was just like fuming because I had to do these. Qu- <laughs> it was like, they were fun quests, but I've got to do them again now. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, but, but just quickly, the last thing I'll talk about is the combat and why I don't mm-hmm. like it is because okay. it's mainly because it's fun to fight the grunts. They're really fun. I really enjoy them. It's the bosses. I absolutely hate the bosses because that's what looked good for me because it's yeah. dark souls 
It's literally yeah, the bosses. Are, it's like they even like you level up and you come back and I've upgraded all my gear and I've upgraded all this stuff. And then she like, and I'm like parrying with the shield. Right. So she comes at me. I reject her back. I take, I take her down to like half health and I'm doing really well. And then she lands like three hits on me and I die. Too right. Um, that's how it should be. No, sounds, no, sounds, not in sounds Creed, beautiful. Not in Assassin's Creed. Is there a nightmare mode? <laughs> there is. Yeah, there's a really hard yeah. mode. But but that's, that just doesn't feel very Creed to me, and it feels so unsatisfying because I'm like, no, and, no. But when you these, win, it's and satisfying. these bosses, you can't even assassinate. And I said to Dan, it's so annoying because like it should reward you for or at least let you do damage to them through assassination. Like, come yeah, on, I agree with that. Creed. And, yeah. It annoyed, these bosses annoyed me so much because I just felt like they were so... I was like, at least in Dark Souls, if I'm going to play it, I'm, I've prepared myself mentally to play it. <laughs> Whereas with this, prepared. I just want to play Creed. And because the minions and the low guys are so easy and you blitz through them, it's mm-hmm. annoying. And the biggest thing for these bosses for me that really annoys me is I love the bosses in Odyssey. I really like the bosses in Odyssey. And in Odyssey, if you dodge your dodge like right, you, it goes into slow motion and you can build your character. And if you're too weak for the Medusa, if you're too weak for the Minotaur or the Bounty Hunters, you go away, you level up, you get these godlike abilities and then you mm-hmm. come back and you do it again. Mm-hmm. In Valhalla, because they go for this realistic take, you can't really do that. Like You can, but you can't power level as much as you could in odyssey if that makes sense Mm -hmm. um but that was one thing i think worked really well in odyssey and made it rewarding because you were like this guy's too hard but i've gone away i've got stronger and i've come back and now i can take him on Mm -hmm. and the biggest thing for me when you're dealing with the bosses is you have a stamina bar in valhalla and it's fine when you're dealing with the grunts but with her it's so annoying because you'll dodge three times and then your stamina will run out and then you can't do anything. You can't block, you can't, and she just hits you. And you're like, what is this? Why? Why? What is going on? <laughs> what is the point in this? This is stupid. Like, why These can't you do all phrases I have used. <laughs> and, then, and then, like, the thing that annoyed me so much from my brother, I was like, these are Vikings. Like, you should be able to hold a shield wall for hours. You're telling me that you get hit three times while holding <laughs> your shield up and you're too tired. <laughs> you wouldn't be a shield wall, mate. What's going on? <laughs> um, and, and there is a little bit of... Um, what I'll call the PC Vikings, um, wow. which is the, which it kind of has to happen to a certain extent because you're meant to play as the good guy Vikings. So when you raid the monasteries, you don't kill the priests, you don't kill the civilians, which is completely not historically accurate at all. But I get it because you're meant to be the good guy Vikings. You're meant to become an assassin. So it's not like, and the tenants are not to kill the innocent right so it makes sense in that regard but it does annoy the little history buff in me to a certain extent mm-hmm. and he's just like really nice like priests and stuff and i'm like you're you literally worship pagan gods like you would hate this guy like what is going on like there's weird disconnects for me and then there's like a line there's like his viking children and they're talking about a wolf and they're like oh she's going back to her husband or wife and i'm just like what is this? Like, like it's fine. Like people can love what they love, but like, it's a wolf. Like, and that's a Viking child who would probably like murder the wolf. Like Viking children fought in shield wolves from like the age of like nine and 10. Like they were crazy little guys. They weren't lovely little. So there's a lot of sort of romancing of the Vikings and sort of like, 
which is fine because you know uh, it's it's uh, it's a interpretation it's um creative license isn't it it's mm. ubisoft's vision and I'm, I'm fine with that but if you are a history buff there are certain things that will annoy you if that makes sense um mm-hmm. but i think this game gets way 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 more right than it gets wrong and i think it's such a good middle point for assassin's creed fans that i think yeah. this game will be the game where old fans can go you know what there's a lot in here i really like and there's a lot in here that is a love letter to the original assassin's creeds and there's enough that's still rpg and role playy that you can completely avoid by the way by the way that you don't really have to partake have in to if do, you don't yeah. want to you can just do the story just do the assassination stuff through it, yeah um but you know, if you want a more Odyssey-like experience, there you is can. that in yeah. Spades. Um, so I think they—it's—it's it's a difficult one because at times I'm like, I, I don't like this, but I'm—I like that they—they, you know, you you run the difficulty of pleasing no one by trying to please everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think they do it well enough that it, everyone will like or at least love it. And as much as I dislike the combat everything else in this game i love it's just the yeah. combat for me and sure. because the stealth is so good in this one i just find myself stealthing everything and then it's not an issue I, until it, yeah. until i get to the bosses yeah <laughs> mm. that that really excites me and you know what this you know you know i'm not i've got them but i've definitely not dived into the the more recent creed titles as as much as i probably should but just because they aren't so much a bit of me Mm. um, and i don't have the time for those sorts of games but this one as much as when i first saw everything coming out for it i remember i said on the podcast actually that you were like no yeah not a bit of me um Mm. even though i love the viking setting but (laughs) the more i've seen about it and the more i've heard about it i actually do think this could be the creed that kind of pulls me back in yeah, um, I, ho- I hope you give it a go because I, 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 I think you'd really enjoy it. And I, I, I think, don't think I'm going to jump to it, but I will do it. No, I, I think maybe this is something that you maybe get on a sale or something where yeah. it's gone down a little bit. Yeah. But I think, I think just for the story, like the mm-hmm. section in London is just old school creed to a T. And even yeah. the opening, even I was playing through the opening and I was like, this is just, it just feels so Assassin's Creed. Um, with Bradley all... was twitching then in case he was about to say the about any no, I, I, there's no spoilers here no spoilers. but that's just my brief impressions of it and Ooh, I will Bradley. say I'm not in it I'm not in it enough to say that the combat is de- definitively bad because no, the I, way it works mm, as you I'll level up it. you get new abilities I was about to say passive, that Chris, yeah. or actual yeah. activated abilities I was about to say that because I watched somebody's opinions on Valhalla and they basically yeah. said that the um, the combat is quite jarring at first, yeah. but they said after a fair amount of progression through the story, um, it becomes it becomes way more involved and it actually mm. starts to make you enjoy the combat a lot more. So yeah. it is maybe a common theme. And, it, and if you like parrying, so I really enjoy yes. the, the way the shield works because it reminds me of For Honor <laughs> because like a grunt will swing at you and the way I play, I have... Um, a, um, I have an axe and a shield, but you can have. There's so many different combinations. Oh, I've seen. Um, they're they're awesome. mad. There's so like eventually I will have force hammer and Excalibur. That's what I'm gonna <laughs> role play as eventually. <laughs> but at the minute I have his father's axe and 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 his uh, and a shield, 
And mm -hmm. basically one thing that I found at the minute is that I love is if you perfectly parry a grunt, they fall to the floor and then you can click R and immediately Stop. kill them. Yeah, um, I've seen so, the stomp thing as well. So there's a stomp, but the, when you, if you get a perfect parry, they fall to their knees and then you can insta-kill them. So you'll click the stick and he'll pick up their sword and ram it through them and instantly kill them. So it mm -hmm. really rewards you for timing your parries. And I mm. found it that I would just get into a streak of parrying and insta-killing and it had a really good like flow to it. Um, and you can even do that to the bigger enemies. Like uh, it doesn't work 100% of the time, but it works enough that it's very satisfying. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do really like it. Um, and that, that's where I'll leave it. Just, I need to play it more, but I love everything. It's just the combat for me is not what I would want from Assassin's Creed. Um, but I think it might get better. I, I don't know. I need to play more, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm, I am excited about it and I will definitely be giving it a go at some at some point, um, whether it be soon or mm. or later. But yeah, I, I think it's got it does look like it's got a good balance to bring in the old Creed fans and the mm. new ones, too. But yeah, so that was my brief impressions that probably yeah. weren't brief. <laughs> <laughs> they were brief as they could be because um, it's obviously quite a big game. So um, I do also have a brief impressions to do today because I don't have a review. Um, so my brief impressions are on something that Bradley talked me into getting without knowing he talked me into getting it. So <laughs> I bought Ghost Runner after Bradley spoke about it on the podcast uh, because I couldn't resist him in my ear going, Jack is 100% a bit of you. Jack, you need to get this game. And I was like, right, okay, I'm going to have to do it. So I realized, and it was for me, that the thing that pushed me to purchase was finding out it wasn't full price. Like it was it was only a £25 game. So I was mm -hmm. like, I can justify that. So, so is it. it a bit of you? Oh, right. Okay. So my brief <laughs> impressions on this game. Um, my first, the biggest point I need to make, yes, it's a bit of me. Okay. okay. I had to make sure I wasn't wrong. Yeah. yeah. The second point I need to make though, and this is on the flip side of that, which you kind of know, Bradley, but I haven't mm. really spoke about it. Yeah. Um, it is difficult. Mm. And for someone like you, I can see why you absolutely adore this game. I can, <laughs> when I'm playing it, yeah. I can literally see why you thrive in this environment because <laughs> it's a hundred percent of it. You, um, the the game itself and the way the game plays, the way the game looks, the way the game feels, every the, the style, the theme, uh, the ninjury sort of futuristic, that is all a hundred percent me down to a T. But the difficulty can be so jarring um, because uh, so when you told me it was, you know, I understood exactly what the game was before I bought it. I understood exactly how it worked. Um, you know, I understood that it was a one life thing and it was instant retry, but I didn't quite expect it to be quite so intense. Um, mm -hmm. Now I called you, didn't I? You, you we, we've had a, a one quick chat about this, didn't we? Cause yeah. I called you to express my, my thoughts. <laughs> um, Chris, obviously for you so mm. bradley said on the podcast that you get a death count at the end of each level yeah um, and you get a time count as well um bradley you don't even know this so the first boss battle do you remember the first boss battle in the game it's the tower with the lasers oh is, yeah that's technically a boss isn't it yeah, yeah <laughs> would you like to know would you like to know how many times i died in that level yeah would you actually take a guess how many times i died in that level 13 
20. You say 13, you say 120. <laughs> yeah? yeah. Chris, I don't think you understand the game. <laughs> yeah, I died 246 times doing that level. Oh my God. That is right? hard though. It is hard, but, but I can completely understand the, re- the, the, the feeling of the reward you get for being good at it. Mm-hmm. So all I'd say, Chris, is that the game 100% it throws you in exactly like Bradley said. Mm. There's literally no, and, and I feel like the game doesn't really give you any tutorials on anything. It just, you just right. run and do. It's like they teach you the buttons. But other yeah, than I was going to say, I think it literally like, this is how you explains walk. the buttons. You yeah, and then, and then it's like, right, good <laughs> this luck. is how it's, you it just walk. throws you in. It goes, it's just this like, is good how luck. You stab. Yeah, and, it's, and then it goes, right, you're on your own now, and we'll just talk to you as you go. And I love that. Because you, you're right, you're right, Bradley. The the parkour, uh, the movement, and everything is so clean and mm-hmm. crisp. It is just uh, incredible, and it's so satisfying. Um, but it's, you know, how you said you come across these enemies and you learn how they fight you, and then you mm-hmm. improvise, adapt, overcome, and mm-hmm. then and then they throw another one at you, and it's like, oh, okay, they're different, and then you have you die a couple of times, and you're like, right, so this is how I deal with them. Yeah, I really like that because it, it. I mean, I'm I am pretty. I I feel like I'm a fair way in, um, and I have come across so many varieties already. And I like the fact that it feels gradual. It doesn't feel like they're just throwing too many things at you at once, but you don't really notice it at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Just like, you, just, they like, you just come like, across them, and you know like, how oh. you know how in other games, Chris, you come across a new type of enemy, and it's like yeah. this little like dramatic intro. Here's yeah, and then it like freezes like, the kick game, the door yeah. open. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This game doesn't even very tell you army of two. Yeah, but this game doesn't even tell you there's a new enemy in that area. You just all of a sudden get hit with something different, and you're like, "What the hell was that?" And then and then it's <laughs> like, and 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 it doesn't tell you how to beat them either. That's the other thing. Mm. It doesn't tell you how to beat any enemies in the game. It does sound cool. The, it is infuriating. All I would all I would say is that the instant retry thing. It's cool that it's so instantaneous because you literally tap if it's on controller, you tap Y, and it's like you're literally right back to where you were. Like uh, so, it, it is. You know, there's no time delay, which would be really frustrating. If it oh, was. good, imagine, yeah. Imagine dying 246 times and with a checkpoint system a check where you have to system. load it back. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, I love the game, and the more I play it. I get so in the zone when I play it. Like I I'm so glad like, you like it though. Like, I, yeah, like you've you, got past that. Okay, this I've, is yeah. gonna be hard. I mean, I've I, got past. I, the frustration. I still, mm-hmm. as, as much as it's not maybe my type of game, I, I from what I've seen of it and what you I've heard from both of you, I, I still yeah. really want it, and I still mm-hmm. look at it and it's like twenty five pounds, isn't it? It is, yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, it's just it looks like a good deal. So the way I'd compare it. Chris is like the speed that you play it at and the mm. way that your brain works when you're playing it feels a lot Doom? like playing Doom. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah that's I, I love Doom. that pacing. But, on it, but mm-hmm. it, the pacing is very Well, you similar. just kind of glide around. You do. You're just in it though, aren't you? You're just in, you you have to be. You can't, oh, I got you can't so play good this at game Doom and do Eternal. something else. Yeah. I, and I that's the thing. A machine and you at this. this is the like, thing is that you feel that progression on this. Like on this, you feel the progression from okay, I've just died a whole bunch of times and it's quite frustrating. I keep dying in the same room. Mm. And then when you beat that room, as you're progressing, you'll all of a sudden notice yourself getting better and better. And it is definitely a in the zone game. It's not easy mm-hmm. on the mind. Like, I don't think you just kind of do it and 
it's second nature. You kind of have yeah. to focus. Like, um, but Bradley is right. The reward of beating a room perfectly, it makes you. Have feel you ever like done it where you just reset? Person, oh, yeah, it makes you feel like the most amazing warrior. You feel untouchable, mm-hmm. don't you? It's it's like oh, gotcha. such a satisfying bit. And you know, every so in every room that you or every area you pass, Chris, the last mm. enemy you kill is slow motion. Wow. So it does like when you cut them and it like or you hit them, this it all like triggers a quick slow mo. And it's like you know you've then beat the room and you're safe to hold still for a second or whatever, but you also get like a sense of oh that was so cool. Mm-hmm. Um and there's a lot of really cool mechanics. I think the mechanics in the game actually kind of make it. Uh, mm. like the like the grapple and like, or the pull the sling pull thing and the mm-hmm. little abilities uh, that you get and stuff like that um yeah there is a couple of things though that i would say uh, as my impressions that do are quite frustrating and bradley touched on one of them when he spoke about the game one of them is the the vaulting mantling thing uh can be quite fiddly at times uh, mm-hmm. everything else seems to work so well and yeah, yeah, and then and you yeah, just get like launched you try, randomly. Yeah, you, you just try and dunk. like mantle something and it just pings you in the air forward and you fall off a cliff or like you'll try and actually ping yourself forward and then he just climbs on top of it and you're yeah. still and you're like, what? Like, where is the sense in this? Um, yeah. And you know that the bit, there's a, a mission um, where you're in this like cyber universe thing and it's like, it, it looks like, you know, like all day, uh, I don't know how you explain it really, but you have to collect these little orbs and they're on rotating platforms. Oh, you know exactly God. what I mean. Mm-hmm. How frustrating is that bit? It's because the mantling. Because you have to mantle it would stuff switch. without jumping. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Basically, like the world, the world keeps like flipping like on a platform, like it's a three sixty rotating platform. Yeah. But because of that, basically, yeah. yeah, it's yeah exactly it's cube. And because of that, you you end up mantling to get onto it before it turns. It just launches you, death, but then it keeps launching you in the air, and then and it you... resets the orbs, yeah. and you have to do it all again. You'll be, yeah, I was it... always like 11 out of 12, and I'd be like, Right, just gotta get this one orb, just one and orb, you and then you start again. I know it's so frustrating. And do you know what the worst thing I did? Um, it, so there's a checkpoint, um, if you when you get to pass the second cube and you yep. get to the end, did you do the same as me by like? Missing. went there without them yeah and then yep. and then it then it checkpoints you there so you then have to go back to the mm-hmm. start again like climb all the way back across without falling collect the orbs you missed <laughs> and then get back again it's so idiots. irritating um but but that's one one small thing the the mantling is definitely uh, quite frustrating at times especially when you're on some amazing parkour spree running and mm. going so swiftly through everything and then you accidentally hit something and he doesn't do it properly and then you fall yeah. to your death and have to do it all again mm-hmm. um and the other thing that i was going to say is that sometimes i feel like it could do with a tiny bit more explanation uh, like i called bradley because i got stuck in one point right. do you remember no, yeah, but that that was cute. That was your little puzzle solving skill. There's a there's a there's a puzzle so there's a puzzle bit in there, um, uh, Chris, and it, it's yeah. like um, you have to fig- you have to basically rotate. It's like one of those rotate the devices to make the paths line up, basically. But when you go in there, it just throws you into the room, and it doesn't tell you anything. Like I don't I don't even remember. He might say something, the guy that talks to you, but that's it. And it's not like describing what's going on or what you've got to do. Mm. And I just, I tried for about five, 10 minutes and I called Bradley and I was like, what on earth am I supposed to be doing in this room? And he explained <laughs> how it worked. And I went, oh, okay, I get it now. And then, but it was like, I feel like sometimes they could just give you a tiny bit of help like, or just some kind like of indication. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like, a like they, they've the seen the you've been or... waiting for like 10 minutes and they're like, yeah. press Y if you want a hint. 
I yeah, was going to yeah. say, yeah, just some doofus sort of tips is what I call it. tips, yeah. Um, um, and it's only happened to me once so far, but I also showed Bradley this, but this is obviously something that might have just been in particular to that one, me just being unlucky. Um, the game has glitched on me, and um, what it did was uh, there's a segment where these fans get activated all the way through the building you've just come through, and you have to make your way back. And you use the fans to boost yourself up in the air and to like get across gaps and to like lift yourself to places you can't get to. Um, mm. All the fans are turned on apart from the one that I needed to get to the next area. And it was literally like in like this small corridor and I needed to get up high and the fan was spinning, but the air wasn't coming out of it. So mm. I thought I was being an idiot. So I showed Bradley and he went, no, that fan is supposed to be on. Then I looked it up and the fan is supposed to be on. And I kept killing myself on purpose to restart the checkpoint and it wouldn't fix the problem. So right. what I ended up and I said to Bradley, I really don't want to restart the level. So he said to me, if you try and just keep spam jumping wall to wall to wall, you might be able to climb up there. Um, no, I said you yeah, will because I've be done to, it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he was like, you'll be able to glit like, like not, it's not the way you're supposed to do it. He was like, if you keep doing it, the parkour, you'll be able to like fiddle your way to the top. Did you um, get there? Oh, it took me, it did take me about 10 minutes, but yeah, I did it. it so I, the funniest so, thing is, is you, like, yours broke and you went up there, like, because your fan wasn't on. I originally went into that room and went up there um, before the fan, the fan was on. on. Yeah. yeah, so I went up there and then I was like, what? I was like, why did I come up here? Because then yeah. I tried to carry on and you can't because can't. you need that need jump pad thing. Yeah, 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 you need the extra fan. <laughs> so, I, so I broke the game by going up before and before yours you broke itself and you had to go up after yeah but um yeah i mean it's like i say i've only had a couple of little tiny like things but they're not like i say they're not um real problems and they're just kind of things you can get around but overall the game is really fun but it can also get just just you kind of kick yourself a little bit when you keep dying over and over again because you're like i need to beat this room like i need Mm -hmm. to beat this bit and that boss fight uh with the tower it's basically a it's a rotating tower, Chris, that you have to t- climb from top to bottom of. Yeah. But it's classes of lasers because you you have to you have to um, destroy the tower basically by cutting the wires and stuff on the way up. But mm-hmm. it's a forever rotating tower with, with lasers. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, but it's not just lasers. It's like it's lasers, walls, that walls, walls that have got pulses. flames, like pulses of flames going up them every two seconds. So you have to jump away from the wall, then go back to the wall, then jump away from the wall, go back to the wall. So everything is timing based whilst you've got about 100 lasers spinning around in circles. And the checkpoints are, I'm not going to say they're unreasonable in that level because they're not, but they're, they are quite, you do have to do a fair bit of climbing before you reach a checkpoint. So yeah. at the start of the level, there's like a little the tower does like a little intro dialogue thing Mm -hmm. when it turns on the alarms and Mm -hmm. i heard that over a hundred times every (laughs) time it started dialogue again i was like oh started going insane yeah but like it's not like you couldn't you're not paying attention because it's not like a cutscene. but while you're still trying to climb because obviously the game's so fast you just run straight back in and start climbing again but in Mm. the background of me climbing i could just hear them repeating the same dialogue over and over and over and over and i was like i'm gonna go insane in a minute like literally but when you do beat something it's worth it and also the last thing i say about it the collectibles i find so fun Mm -hmm. Um, i told you they're really good yeah and i want to collect them 
Yeah, but all I care about when Swords. I get them is I hope it's a sword. Every yeah. time I hope it's a new it. sword. And then it, but they're like so a... good, aren't they? The designs. Yeah. And the fact I'll they actually a... change the shape as well. Yeah, not just... I'll get like a tatty teddy bear and as a collectible. And I'm like, I don't want that. I just want another yes. sword. Just give me <laughs> another sword. For a sword. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I've, I've collected most of the swords. In Which the, sword the, are you currently so rocking? Um, the last one I had equipped was, I don't know what it's called, but it's the what one it that's... Like? It's the one that's like um, it's it's got a jagged edge like all the way along, and it's got um, I think it's like yellow and green. It's it's really bright. It's like yellow, green, and something else like another color, oh, okay. like dark blue or whatever. It's got like a really funky design on it. Um, but they're really cool, like that. And I like the fact that they because the sword is in your face the whole time, mm-hmm. it does make a difference. Like yeah. it really does. It's really noticeable to to use a different one because they do Definitely. really stand out. But yeah, I honestly, Chris, I think you, I do think you'd enjoy it, mm. and you would kind of, yeah, you'd, you'd punish yourself for for every time you died on it. But uh, then when you did it, you'd go, "That was awesome." I think that it's was- one that I quite happily pick up on a sale and really yeah. enjoy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I, I put myself through that Definitely. much. Uh, it's like the other day I saw Dark Souls Free Ultimate Edition for like I'll get twelve pounds. Oh, I think it's, it. it's on it's on it's on uh, Xbox now for like twelve pounds. Get I'm it. staring at it, and I was like. I kind of feel like I could justify that for 12 pounds. <laughs> Good. Yeah, that's so much Yeah, content. no, I know. But it's just because, like, if I ended up hating it and never touch... Because I, wa- I want to love Dark Souls. You know, that's the thing. You will. I want to love Dark Souls. And I think the universe and the lore Join and all us. of that is really cool. Because, you know, mm. I'm a lore guy and I, I love all Join. the background. Oh, stuff. God, yeah. You would absolutely adore the lore. It's because like, it's like... It's, it's like I prefer story. the Elder Scrolls lore to the, all the Elder Scrolls games. I'm like, I prefer, re- like, I love the Elder Scrolls games, but I, I always think the game storylines are so much worse than all the stuff that's written about the universe. <laughs> and it annoys me. I, I know what way. you mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. But yeah, that's so, me. That's my uh, brief impressions of, uh, my not so brief impressions of uh, Ghost Runner. <laughs> and now we're moving on to an actual review, I believe. I do, yeah. It's, it's a very quick one. Uh, it's a DLC review for warhammer 40k so so the full name for the actual game is warhammer 40k relics of war gladius so that's the name you're not you're not reviewing that (laughs) no but that's the name of the game and i'm reviewing a piece of dlc for it which is called the craft world aldari okay um you still uh, with us so so the game is warhammer 40k gladius and I'm reviewing the DLC. Uh, I'm reviewing the DLC Craftworld or Dari. And for a bit of background, quickly, uh, Warhammer 40k Gladius is a um, basically a game in the vein of the Civilization games. So it's okay. a I think they call it a six X tile-based game. Right. Um, so you will start off with like two units and a settler who can build a city and the settler will build a city and then you build every, you expand your city and you build more units out of your city. Mm-hmm. So the aspects of it is one city building and then obviously building more cities and expanding your empire. And the second aspect is building units and going to war. Right. Mm hmm. But if you've ever played Civilization, there's like um, five different ways you can win. You can get a military victory. You can get a scientific victory. You can get a diplomatic victory. You can get all these different options and ways to go about the game. Mm-hmm. But because this is Warhammer 40k, 
and there is only war, <laughs> there's no diplomacy. The only way you can win this game is through domination. You have no other options. It's and, and as much as some people may not like that because less choice, it fits the setting so well. It's just here's your resources, kill everyone else that's on this planet. Mm-hmm. And the game launched with four factions. It launched with the Space Marines, the Imperial Guard, the Orcs, and the Necrons. And since they've added the Chaos Space Marines, the Tau, um, the Tyranids, um, are there anyone else? And then I think now they've just added the Craft, where, uh, Craft World Eldari, which is what I've been playing, the DLC. It's about £11, um, but it's a fully fleshed out new faction with new artwork for their cities, for all their units, you know, custom animations when they fire their guns and all of that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's, it's well worth £12 um, for considering I've, I've already sunk like two days of playing this on my laptop already and it only <laughs> came out the other day. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's really fun. And they, the guys who make this, there's only about three developers. So it's like an indie game. So that's part of the thing where I'm like, you can tell these guys are really passionate about 40K and what they make and they care mm. about the lore. And yeah. every time they release stuff, I'm like, oh, there's three developers on this game. And it's pretty good. Like it's, it's very good for, for yeah. a strategy game. And I'm like, every time they release content, I'll happily buy it. Just because there's three dudes. And they're working really hard. And I'm like, this is such a, a passion. You can just tell it's a passion project, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'll happily support them, but it's up to you. Maybe because there's four factions and then there's four factions of DLC, maybe just pick stuff up on the sale if this interests you. But to get onto the nitty gritty of the DLC, they're a very fun faction. And I've been having a lot of fun as them. Um, and basically the way they work is you can only found cities on these things called webway gates and webway gates are basically intergalactic teleporters. Mm-hmm. So what happens is your city is also a teleportation device. So you can move your city, your units into your city and teleport them to the other gates. Right. Uh, so you can get access across the map really quickly. Um, and this faction is all about speed, all about movement, all about getting in. They are space elves, so they're very glass cannon. They're very, like, they hit really hard, but they're also, like, made out of paper, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so, and one thing I love about them that's so fun, that's, like, they, one of their unique gimmicks, is if they haven't moved on a turn, you can shoot an enemy unit, and then if they haven't used their movement, they're the only faction that can then after attacking then still use their movement phase. So you can like right. shoot a load of geezers and then run away. <laughs> and it's really mm. satisfying. Um, but that's obviously as long as you haven't moved beforehand. So mm-hmm. it's, it's situational. Um, but like I say, they're all about speed. They're about getting in their face, doing loads of damage, but also you can't stay in these engagements too long because you will lose a drawn out fight. So they're kind of about being tactical and the way they work is obviously in this game, you need cities, you need to expand, you need to feed because like the other factions all have different ways they expand and some factions expand easier if they've got worse units, um, which especially is true early on. 
Um, but the way these guys expand is they have to get these webway gates on the map. But the problem you have is they're just randomly on the map and people can destroy them. So you can teleport to them, but people can destroy them. And if it's destroyed, that's gone. You can't build a city there. So you have limited time to get these cities and you have to weigh up. I've got a war on my border. Do I have the resources? I'm getting, this gate's being destroyed. Can I split my army and send half my army to this gate to defend it? Mm-hmm. So early game is a real tough uh, weighing up a lot of strategic elements and and looking at where you're at war and s- thinking, okay, maybe I'll cease attacking his city and I will I will put my infantry in this choke point and leave tanks behind them and then everything else I'm building I'll just send to this webway gate to defend it. Mm-hmm. But it makes this really fun late campaign that once you get going and you've got these cities you can literally like, right, the enemy's here. I'm going to pull all my troops back to my cities and just keep teleporting them over to the city that's closest to them. So instead of having what maybe you have these scattered cities as other factions and having to send your troops in like waves or in different angles or meeting up, you're just like, nope, pull them all back to my cities, teleport to one city, got a huge army, they're going in. Like... (laughs) So it is hard early on, but when you get to late game, it's really rewarding. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a Civ, um, you know, game where you build cities, you build armies and you go to war. And that's literally all there is. But each faction, they've done such a great job of making them feel unique. And the craft world Eldari are no different. And they fit their law. Like there's a codex page as well, where you can just sip and all the different buildings you can construct, all the units you construct, they have literally all the lore for them. Like, if you want to read it, you don't have to. You can just, mm. like, go past it. But if you wanted to, you can just sit there, and there's, like, hours of reading material. And, of course, because I love all that stuff, every time I research a new project and it pops up, I'm like, oh, I'm going to read the lore page. And then, <laughs> I hit, and then I hit OK, and then I carry on with the game. Um, and but that's you know that's optional and there is there is because uh, it's sandbox but there is also a campaign um, for each race that you can select and then you know random objectives will happen that are like preordained and mm-hmm. it, there's a, it's not voice acted sadly but each race does have a unique soundtrack and um, they have the units have voice lines and sound effects when they fire and there's melee animations that can be really cool um, but yeah, I just, I love this game. It's a little indie game and the DLC is more of the same, but it's a good, it, it, it's, it's good that it's more of the same because everything's been stand out so far. And they've said that they have no signs of stopping, um, support for this game. And, you know, it's Warhammer 40k. They could add the Sororitas, the Sisters of Battle, the Mechanicus, which are crazy cyborg men. Um, There's so many factions. Even Henry Cavill's favourite faction, the Custodians. Add them. Give them to me. I will pay you money for them. (laughs) And I will play them. Like, I I just, I hope this game just keeps fleshing out more and more and more of the races from, from Warhammer. And literally, like I said, I don't feel bad giving them £10 every DLC because it's literally free dudes. Literally free people working on this game. I can't believe how good this game is considering there's free people. Mm-hmm. It actually blows my mind. Like, it's not as good as, like, Civilization, but if you like that type of game, you will 
love this, you know, because it is that, but Warhammer. Yeah. Um, yeah, so maybe uh, if that sounded interesting to you, check out Warhammer 40k Gladius um, and then maybe just get the base game and then pick up the DLCs one by one or maybe wait for a sale and pick them up when they're cheap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's my little review for this week. Cool. So, so yeah. Yeah. I think we were going to briefly talk because obviously it's um, game of the year season, isn't it? Yes. Mm-hmm. So I think we were briefly going to talk about if we could nominate a game, what game would we nominate from this year? Mm-hmm. So who wants to go first? I will, I will go first. Go for it. Get mine. Uh, go on. <laughs> I was just going to say, is it what I think it's going to be? Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> well, well I, I don't know. I mean, I will say, I don't think it's fit, like, because I thought, oh, I need to look back and remind myself everything that's happened this year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I looked back and I was like, you know what? I thought there were year. more great games than there actually were. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense? Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it does. But yeah, um, I, I mean, Bradley, what game do you think I was going to say? Avengers A Day. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. No. Avengers A Day. <laughs> A Ghost of Tsushima. It's got to be. Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, I <laughs> honestly, I've seen it was nominated, and I, hundred percent, I couldn't back it more. Um, I, I'm not even going to go over it because I've spoke about it enough times on the podcast. But <laughs> there's, I, I really can't fault this game. Um, and it's a game that just deserves every bit of recognition that it could, it could get. Mm-hmm. Um, and for anyone who has the ability to play it. Uh, like the right console and everything and hasn't you really are just missing what i believe should be game of the year uh, i don't i can't imagine anything else topping it um, mm. i mean obviously there's games i haven't played so i can't judge but fuming i don't have a playstation the, the experience <laughs> that i had playing that game was one of the best i've had in as long as i can remember um and i don't i don't think like i said when i spoke about it I would happily say that that was easily in my top three games ever. So I, I 100%. I would replay that story now if, like, and start, even though I didn't finish it all that long ago. That's uh, such high praise as well. It is. It is so. And it, for a game that's actually quite long um, and quite involved, I would happily. Uh, they do have a new uh, new game plus as well now uh, on Ghost of Shima, and I'm kind of considering doing so it. So it's just a matter of time. Yeah, I will. And yeah, it's just beautiful. It's a masterpiece in my head. So. Uh, I think that's that's going to be hundred <clears> percent. <throat> okay, Bradley, you got got any ideas? So I re- I actually had this conversation a few days ago, not n- n- like thinking about the actual game awards. We're going to announce the nominees, and um, the ones that came to mind, the three things that came to mind for me was Doom Eternal, yeah, um, Mortal Shell, being yeah. a massive Souls like fan, and Hades. Yeah, and I I thought that'd be on there. Yeah, I and I actually said that. I, I said that the other day to you, like when I was talking about Hades, I was like, this could be my game of the year. And the thing is, I ended up coming to the, cl- the conclusion sorry, um, that Doom Eternal is amazing and is great, but it doesn't really do anything that hasn't really been done before. Mm. Like mm-hmm. when you compare it to Doom 2016, they make loads of improvements, but essentially it's the same kind of idea. It's the same game. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mortal Shell for me was like uh it took it took a genre that exists and there's so many like it's being oversaturated and then it added to that and so i would probably put mortal shell just over that oh um 
it's just like I'm always going to be kind of on that side. But I think just in terms of a unique game, I think Mortal Shell uh, just did something that carved itself out. Mm. But then looking at the nominations for Game of the Year, it was between Doom Eternal and Hades. And um, I had actually said to myself that, like I said, because Doom Eternal didn't do anything exactly new, um, I would pick Hades. And Hades is a game that I really thought at best it would be pretty good, you know, pretty meh. And it has blown me away and I'm still playing it. I'm still obsessed with it. I was going to say you're still playing. <laughs> you're still yeah, every time, every time I load up my Xbox, <laughs> you playing Hades. It's literally a case of, I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll probably stop doing runs, you know, soon. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to stop by the weekend. And then, and then now I was literally sitting there just before I came on the podcast thinking, I'm not going to be done by the weekend. Like I'm going to want to go back on Saturday and Sunday and I'm going to be playing. And It's going to be January and, you, and Rogan's like, Bradley, so what, what are you working like, on? Literally. You're like, oh, oh, I'm still playing uh, Hades. <laughs> and it's not even a problem to me because I just love the fact that I'm naturally enjoying it. A lot of games, um, no matter how good they are, normally will, they'll get to a point where um, I want it to end and I'll kind mm-hmm. of want to move on to something new. And Hades is the opposite. Hades is a game where I'm, I'm like... I've got all these games are coming out and I'm like, I really want to play them. But Hades is so good that I can't leave it. Mm. It's like the opposite. I don't want it to end. And I'm happy to keep playing that instead of all the new games. Um, so I'd have to give it to Hades purely just for the, the, just a game that came out of nowhere for me and has absolutely blown me away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I paid five pound for this game. And that, that, was, that will always be like something that just completely just leaves me gobsmacked with how much games cost nowadays and how much you know time and fun i've had in a game that i've ended up paying five pound for and legitimately i didn't even like, <laughs> i didn't even get it off like you know cd keys or anything i've paid from the epic game store I've paid five pound and it's just like i'd have to give it to hades for that i mean i don't know if you've seen but hades is nominated for um nearly everything <laughs> oh really yeah it's I, in nearly... no, I haven't actually seen what uh, what the nominations have been yet so for game of the year uh doom eternal final fantasy 7 yeah. remake ghost of tsushima mm-hmm. hades animal crossing new horizons what? which to be fair no to be fair is a beloved game if you're if you're you know on online you will see a lot of stuff if you're on like reddit and the, there's just such a huge community for this mm. game uh, like I mean, Elijah Wood plays it. Yeah, <laughs> I, know, I, knew, I, know, I knew that. Yeah, like it's just a huge like community, and it's really cute to be fair. Um, and then The Last of Us Part Two. Now, my problem is I haven't played three of these games, <laughs> yeah. so half of it. But I can honestly say I can't imagine any of them will like do what Hades did for me with just this game out of nowhere type thing. Um, and it, again, Hades has just got this huge kind of following now where there's so many like fan art coming out of it uh, and just people love it people just love the characters and, and yeah. the way it works and it's it's just really nice to see you know i'm just yeah i'd have to give it to it because of just this you know out of nowhere type thing but it's also in the category for best indie and it's mm-hmm. just you know it's amazing if you could win game of the year yeah. and best indie game i mean i mean it hopefully shows if, you where gaming's at. if it doesn't win anything else hopefully it at least wins uh best indie right well i mean yeah like like i said it's been nominated um for nearly everything it's the second most nominated game behind i think the last of us two it's mad um yeah which exactly and that just shows you how big this game has blown up um for an indie game and 
and I'm just like, please let it win as much as it can. But and then as soon as it's not in one of the categories, Doom Eternal is still in the category. So I'm like, right, then give Doom Eternal an award, and mm. then and then I like move on. And every time it's not in the category, and I'm like, now now give that. Apex Legends is a few um is nominated, Jack. So, oh bloody hell! I'll be voting. Yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> go, go on, vote. He's got he's got two. I believe. What, what, is, what is it for? Do you know? Why not? Uh, best community support, which I think mm. is definitely well-deserved. They seem yeah. to be like really up to date with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and best ongoing, which is a similar award, but um, yeah. just like for still being an ongoing game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in this, like, it's, it's such a weird nominations this year as well, because like best mobile game, Among Us is in it. <laughs> <laughs> so you think, you think that's, that's got to win that. Um, yeah, probably. But, in the same category the the stream. as Hades for best indie is Fall Guys. And that's, you know, blown up. So yeah. it's weird. It's some weird like little nominations, but mm. um, yeah, I'm just, I mean, and then you see in innovation in accessibility, Assassin's Creed Valhalla and Watch Dogs Legion, but they're not in any other categories. Strange. Oh no, they are. They are. Assassin's Creed is in best action adventure. But so is yeah, Star Wars think... Jedi Fallen Order Jack. Oh, I mean... So in, in best action adventure, you ready? I, I want to just quickly go through this. Best action adventure. Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Ghost of Tsushima, Marvel oh. Spider-Man Miles Morales. Oh, no. Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order and The Last of Us Part 2. That's a tough category. That it is. is. Yeah. I would have loved to have said... Um, Jedi Fallen Order because of how much I loved the game, but then I couldn't put it over Ghost of Tsushima. Oh, really? I didn't realize Jedi mm-hmm. Fallen Order was this year. I think I it, thought it was fits, last year. I think it fits into because it was a December, December release. December, yeah. So it's quite sad when you're a December release because you kind of get forgotten, and which is why it's just in Best Action Adventure Game. Um, but yeah, there's some like really weird, tough categories, and, mm. and then there's some really easy ones. But yeah, well, I would highly recommend that people listening go and vote. So, so Chris. Yeah, I mean, it'd be no surprise that I I would vote for, um, it's not on there, but I'd vote for uh, Fast and Furious Crossroads, obviously. (laughs) 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 Being the the greatest game of all time. Yeah. Oh, God, no, yeah. That, if if there's a worst game of the year award, like, that easily deserves it. Straight away. What would you actually vote for? uh, So, I would actually... um, but weirdly enough, I, I would vote for Doom, Doom Eternal, hands mm. down. Mm-hmm. It's the best gaming experience yeah. I've had this year. Mm-hmm. And as much as Bradley said, you know, it doesn't really reinvent the wheel. Oh, God, no. But I'm not I saying that in a bad way. I would argue it does in first-person shooters because it took what was good in the first one and ramped everything up. So it made it feel new, even though it wasn't, if that makes sense. Because I've always felt like the first Doom remake was good, but didn't it doesn't flow the way this does. This is like there's like a rhythm to this Doom. There's like <laughs> this, and and it's so telling this game for me because I played this through three times, start to finish, wow. three times. I did it once when I just I listened to everything, I read everything, I did all the story. I like I was in it. Did it the second time <laughs> when I was in the party chat with Jack. And uh, that was a weird experience because I had yeah, the headphones no, on. Impossible. Yeah. And I was going a bit mental at times. And I was like, what? And you were like, Chris, Chris, you're still there? And I'm like, I have no idea. I just got a nice hard rock in my ears, like ripping <laughs> people apart. Um, and I just think it spoke to so many people. And I was really burnt out on first person shooters. Like, 
I don't like I, I like first person shooters, but in the last couple of years I've had no no interest in them. Mm-hmm. And I've really just been like, oh, it's just all boring. Like it's all it's all the same. It's all like nothing's really captured me. So for that to really come out and for me to play through the campaign like three times, which hasn't happened to me since like Halo. Mm-hmm. Um, like since the new Halo release. And it just it just gripped me like the whole time. Like I just loved it. I thought everything about it was good. The story, the world building the interaction, the way you deal with enemies, the pacing, the music. It was just an experience. And there was no other game I could think of this year that I enjoyed as much, that I was hyped for, that like, even the opening cinematic, where he's just like grabbing the shotgun and loading it, and there's all the demons, and he just goes, and like, loads the shotgun, and they go, and he goes through the pool. I'm just like, oh, it's just, it's such a hype game. that like, it's just, it's just perfect. It's just, I, I want to go replay it now. I'm thinking about it and I'm just like, I want to go. And literally yesterday, I put the expansion pass on my wish list because I'm like, I'm going to wait for it to come down on, on price and I'm going to buy the expansion pass because I really mm-hmm. want to play. I, I've been seeing people play it and they're like, it's more of the same, but it's harder and it does what the base game does, but even like Did more you say harder? crazy. Yeah, apparently. Okay, I'll be back. I'm just, just going to go and stop. So, uh, so so yeah, I really want to play New Gods and continue to see where they push this narrative, um, and hopefully they do it in the same way where they're like, hey, here's a narrative, engage with it as much as you want. If you mm-hmm. don't want to think about it, don't think about it. But if you I find want it to hard to think it, about it, <laughs> oh, I love it. I I mean, I find you know, it hard when you're a nightmare. You don't have time for narrative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that makes sense. But I'm like, keep speaking, Hayden. Keep speaking. I'll just kill everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just it's so and i just think about how many great moments it had like we talk we talk about in our podcast on our episode where, where our title is actually that yeah, line we have a title for it yeah yeah where he's like you can't just shoot a hole into the surface of mars and i just love that scene and then like there's like a meme where it's like doom guy um grabs the bfg and it goes Burr! and he's just like he just shoots the hole <laughs> in mars uh and even like i think just the reception to it has been great <coughs> like the other mm-hmm. day i saw a music video and i'll send it to you after this podcast but literally search i'll rip and tear my way to your heart if if you're interested <laughs> and this guy has made a parody video where it's like it's like a cheesy boy band song but he's like i'll rip i'll tear my way to your heart and it's like he's literally like it's like the gameplay and he's like yanking the chest cavity open and like ripping the demon heart out like (laughs) it's so good like and i'm just like like it just has such a wonderful community such a wonderful um aspect that like the only thing i'll say about it is um i kind of miss the multiplayer from the um uh original doom i kind of enjoyed that um so so that so that's the only thing but even despite that but didn't um, was there not multiplayer i swear there was was, it was battle mode it was um with you played demons versus slayer ah um which was all right um but that's where the game falls down for me but even with that falling down i still it's the best experience i've had all year easily you know Mm -hmm. well i'm glad we all had different picks that was nice yeah um, and to finish off today, I do have a, a little, little quiz, mm-hmm. little, little, little one. So I thought 
as obviously my review today was on um, the craft world Eldari, oh, no. yeah, which are spa- basically space elves from Warhammer 40k. I thought I'd do a 40k Eldari quiz. Um, <laughs> oh, no. And fun fact for you quickly, uh, they used to be called the Eldar, but then Games Workshop tried to um, copyright it and the Tolkien estate was like, no, 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 no. We have that in our writing and that's yeah, ours. Yeah. Um, so that's why they changed the name from Eldar to Aldari. This Games Workshop were like, they got the worst name. That. Yeah, it's not <laughs> as good as Eldar. There's yeah. a lot of salty Warhammer fans about it. Could have picked, you know, a good franchise like Tolkien's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, they, they, Warhammer Fantasy, as much as I love it, it is a rift on Tolkien massively, you know. Exactly. It's like it's like Tolkien, but everyone's a worse person. That's basically <laughs> Warhammer Fantasy. They're like they're like they're the elves, but they're even more douchey, even more pretentious. And <laughs> like that's literally Warhammer. That's like, right. We're gonna make everything like just worse. Like everyone's just a worse person. <laughs> it's amazing. I love Warhammer Fantasy. But um onto Warhammer 40k and the space mm-hmm. elves, the yep. Eldari. Our first question is what are webway gates? Mm, um, so I actually spoke favorite. about this in my, in my review. Um, so A, they're intergalactic space portals. Um, B, they are space elves nerd gardens. You know, it's where they go to, to, to tend the gardens. Um, or uh, C, they are gateways to the hippie elves lands. Space elves, you know. Where they can find tranquility and stuff. Right, the train. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they were portals. You said that you can portal. Yeah, yeah. So it's that I, I knew you'd have to get this because I was like, I'm going to talk about this in my review. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. There you go. You were port- you portaling across the map. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So on to something a bit harder. Who hunts for the Aldari's souls? And your options are A, the keeper of secrets. Mm. B the Lord of Skulls, mm. or C, She Who Firsts. <laughs> or C, the Soul Hunters. <laughs> <laughs> not it's not a true question. No, it's, it's, uh, not, it's not that obvious. Um, Would you like the options again? Yeah, please. So it's either the Keeper of Secrets, the Lord of Skulls. That one is what I'm going for. Or She Who Firsts. I'll go with She Who Firsts. What, what are you going for, Jack? The uh, skulls. The Lord of Skulls. So no, it's not uh, blood for the blood gods, skulls for the skulls throne. Sadly, it's not corn. It's um, actually a deity called Slanesh, and they call her She Who Firsts. Yeah, because oh, she firsts after their souls because they're Fuck. tasty and give her more power. Because <laughs> they're tasty. Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty much. They're they're way tastier than human souls. Mm-hmm. Apparently. Um, so what brought about the collapse of the Eldar Empire? A, humans, us little fleshy people that reproduce really quickly. Mm. Um, or C, the Necrons and the godlike Catan. Oh, yeah. Or um, C, um, their own decadence giving birth to a dark god. Was there two Cs there? There was two Cs so, there. So I accidentally said... Uh, I accidentally said so, so B's the Necrons and the Catan, and uh, C is their own decadence giving birth to a dark god. That one. No, I was going to say that one. 
Right, Do you want me to interesting? No, no. So, no, so you've got humans, decadence, giving birth to an old god, a dark god, or the Necrons and the godlike Catan. Oh, I'm oh. gonna stick. Yeah, I'm gonna stick with C. Are you, are you sticking with mm-hmm. um, decadence as well, Jack? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it is. So um, their own. Oh, I'm so glad they're making their, their own their own perversion and decadence. Uh, they basically became so powerful and so like on top of the galaxy. Mm-hmm. that uh, they were so bored because they lived for like thousands of years and they were the technology, like they were the best. They mm-hmm. beat everything in war and they just like kept having like these ridiculous like cultists, like pleasure cults and like serial <laughs> kids. Like they just became like this crazy, like think of them mm-hmm. as like a crazy, like, you know, like American Psycho. Yeah. Their like population was just full of like young people who all became American psychos because they were <laughs> so bored because everything was so peaceful and they, they gave into like this decadence <laughs> and excess. And because they are like um they're really powerful mentally, because in Warhammer there's psychic power and they're like second to none in psychic power. It's basically mm. like space magic, but with your mind, right? <laughs> um and because they're so powerful all their like bad deeds basically created slanesh they like created a chaos god from everything they did that then ate all their souls and destroyed their empire of course you know yeah it's (laughs) it's it's messed up stuff um so number four what is the path so a where the young eldar do eldar drugs and have a good time B, a group of tenants that they must live their lives by. Or C, a way of devoting your life to a warrior aspect of their gods. Hmm. Jack, do you have any Ooh. idea? Do you have any, B, you have any inclination? Uh, I, B, B or C, I'm going to go for I'm gonna go Yeah, for... I didn't think it was the drugs one, but no more. <laughs> no, it probably is. Uh, no, that's more the dark elves. I'm going to go for... <laughs> I'm going to go for B. I'll go for C. The path. Okay, yeah. So uh, Jack was wrong. Bradley was right. Damn it. Yeah. Uh, basically, I'm four for four. Because um, they want to keep their souls as small as possible, um, they basically have they devote themselves to one of their gods and they perfect a form of fighting so that all their interests are... So they spend like hundreds of years learning a, way, a different way to fight that is in honor of one of their different gods or deities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's basically a way to keep the youth out of trouble. And so the, they don't, you know, start running off and doing crazy stuff. And then the dark gods are like, Hey, look at you, man. You look tasty. I want a bit of you. <laughs> and then start coming after them, you know, because they're, yeah. they're cause also they don't reproduce because they're space elves, like the way Tolkien's elves start struggling to reproduce. Yeah. Um, can I just say just really quickly? Yeah. Yeah. Court, Court is in the room, right? And she has no idea about anything <laughs> about Warhammer, yeah? And she texts me from across the room saying, I bet it's C. And then when you said it was C, she looked at me and I looked at her and she just literally shrugged her shoulders really smug at me and went, told you. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, she literally has no idea. Your girlfriend <laughs> is not like a Warhammer chick either. Like, she's, no. she's the furthest thing from a Warhammer chick. <laughs> you always trust your girl, Jack. <laughs> okay, so the last one is... Who were the combatants in the war in heaven? And your options are A, the orcs and the Aldari, B, the old ones, 
uh, and the Aldari versus the Necrons and Catan, or C, all of the above? All of the above. It's got to be, yeah, you've got to go with all of the above. Yeah, so you're, yeah. you're bang. Uh, to me, I've probably made this too easy. I was like, I was yeah. looking at it and I was like, uh, I didn't want to, I didn't know, because you guys know nothing, but I guess maybe I should have made it a bit more difficult. But yeah, it is all of the above. Saying, yeah, I mean, I got five for five. I've got, I've got, I've got, I've got, I've got two, so. Yeah, but I feel like you made it interesting. I feel like you were quite, <laughs> you, you, you had some. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> yeah, let's not give Bradley credit for getting But yeah, so for for anyone interesting, the war in heaven was there were there's these two godlike entities, uh, the old ones and the Catan, and um, the old ones made the orcs and the Eldari. Mm-hmm. Basically, the orcs were the foot soldiers, and the Eldari were like the uh, psionic specialists. Right, and they used them as their two foot soldiers, and then the Catan who were the other godlike beings, used the Necrons. And the Necrons were this alien race that they um, offered eternal life, but they basically incinerated all their bodies and then put their souls in metal bodies. And that's why the Necrons are like undead Terminator men. But they're actually like aliens. And they're actually pretty pissed. (laughs) Because they were like, oh, eternal life. That sounds great. And they were like, yeah, of course we'll do that. And then they put them in robot bodies and they were like, Hang on. You, you, you <laughs> Hang didn't on. explain this. <laughs> I didn't sign up for this. It's an eternal life. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so that's, that's quite a funny one. So yeah, that was my, uh, my, my Eldari Warhammer 40k quiz. I hope um, you enjoyed it. I hope so, people yeah, at fun. home actually learned a bit uh, about 40k if you don't know much about 40k and if yeah you're a, we're quizzing you next <laughs> and and if you're a hardcore 40k fan and you were like those questions were too easy well yeah they they kind of were but <laughs> if, but these people don't know anything about the setting like yeah got to judge it unless i just about know where i am most of the except time, for courtney so. <laughs> apparently apparently i could quiz courtney and she'd be like yeah space marines two hearts two lungs yeah yeah <laughs> courtney would smash it yeah, somehow I don't get. I don't know how. Because she's actually she's psychic. living a she's living a secret she's life. She's actually an Aldari. That's what it yeah. is. She's psionic, mate. She's like, I know this shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, you have to. Feel, I've been a bit sweary this podcast, but I am ill. <gasps> sinuses. Oh, like, no, you only you only said two swear words. I'm, I, my my voice probably mine. sounds different though. To be fair. Yeah, you sound a bit uh, nasally, but you're all good. But yeah, did we have any closing thoughts for today's I, episode? I don't. I don't have one. <laughs> that was so like I don't know. <laughs> I just no, wanted to end. just leave. Yeah, you usually do, but I don't today. I'm afraid. Oh, well, that's disappointing. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, Bradley, this is this is your moment. Shine. I like Hades. <laughs> Vote for Hades. <laughs> there we go. Hades, uh, 2020. No, but uh, honestly, vote yeah, vote for like what you think game of the year is i'll be interested to see what what yeah. you know the outcome is so i mean we spoke about it there's, go and vote. there's so many games on there that deserve awards um, yeah that's what i was going to say don't just vote for game of the year vote for for all of them mortal shell is in one of the categories please Ooh. vote for that it's a debut <laughs> game yeah so so vote for that um yeah but no, honestly vote for whatever you believe to be the best in its category and um unless yeah. you're wrong yeah. yeah, and then yeah, I'll call it, you it, out for it. <laughs> in, unless you're going to call up and be like, hang on, why is Fast and Furious Crossroads not on here? 
It's definitely Vin Diesel's in that game, all right? <laughs> Family. <laughs> oh, Since the corona. Okay, well, uh, I think that's that's enough of our rambling for one day. Yeah, it mm-hmm. is, yeah. See Bye you next guys. week. See you later. See you later.